play us out. <laughs> I did everything right, and they indicted me. Hello, Peter. What's happening? Um, I'm going to need you to go ahead and come in tomorrow. So if you could be here around nine, that would be great. Okay. Oh, oh, and I almost forgot. Um, I'm also going to need you to go ahead and come in on Sunday, too. Okay. In 1999, Mike Judge was at the height of his creative power. However, the road to get there started with complete disillusionment. In the mid-1980s, he had gone to UC San Diego thinking he'd become a scientist. Staying around California, he was there just in time for Silicon Valley's first startup boom. He got a job at a video card startup called Parallax Graphics, but quit within three months. He said, the people I met there were like Stepford wives. They were true believers in something, but I never knew what. He then became a bassist in a traveling blues band, Anson Funderburg and the Rockets. In 1990, Mike Judge decided to try his hand at animation. The character he created and voiced was an office worker named Milton. Milton is constantly harassed by his boss, Bill, who continually asks him to move his desk. Oh, hello, Milton. What's happening? Um, I'm going to need you to go ahead and move your desk again. So, uh, well, if you could go ahead and just get it as far back into that corner as possible, that'd be terrific. But that way we'll have some more room for some of these boxes and things we need to put in here. Well, okay. And, uh, oh, there's that stapler I've been looking for here. Judge entered the short animation office space into an animation contest. It soon got picked up by MTV's Liquid Television and then by Saturday Night Live. Milton was turned into a recurring series of cartoon shorts. Another short film Mike Judge made, Frog Baseball, marked the first appearance of Beavis and Butthead. MTV developed it into the culturally ubiquitous series. And finally into the feature length, Beavis and Butthead Do America in 1996. In 1995, after becoming a cultural presence, Mike Judge worked with Simpsons writer Greg Daniels to develop a new pilot for Fox. This pilot became King of the Hill, with Mike voicing Hank Hill and Boomhauer. 
When King of the Hill was finally premiered in the 1997-1998 season, it outperformed even The Simpsons, which was in its ninth season. Mike Judge had cemented his reputation as a cutting and prescient cultural critic and satirist. More than a decade after leaving Silicon Valley, Mike's hatred of the yuppie nightmare was still burning strong. As Mike had struggled to make ends meet in Silicon Valley, at the heart of the supposed tech utopia, he had a neighbor who was a car mechanic who seemed much more comfortable in life. These ideas turned in his head as he developed a pitch for a feature-length Milton movie. But I said, I don't care if they lay me off either, because I told, I told Bill that if they move my desk one more time, then, then, I, then I'm quitting. I'm going to quit. And, and I told Dom, too, because they've moved my desk four times already this year, and I used to be over by the window, and I could see the squirrels, and they were married. When he pitched the movie, he was told that he should do it as an ensemble film with many different characters working at the office. This was Office Space, the movie we're talking about tonight. Although Office Space has reached a crazy level of cult status on Comedy Central, it was largely ignored in 1999. One huge fan of the movie, who later latched onto it in his own work, is the American anthropologist David Graeber, R.I.P. In 2018, Graeber released one of his most famous works, Bullshit Jobs, A Theory. Bullshit Jobs is actually kind of the opposite of that. A bullshit Job, you're often given a lot of money, you're treated very well, a great deal of respect, and um, often seen as you know the, the person in your family who most made something of yourself. But at the same time, you're secretly haunted by the knowledge that you're not actually doing anything, that if your job didn't exist at all, the world either would change in no way or even might become a slightly better place. Graeber's work laments the increasing proliferation of pointless white-collar office jobs filled with meaningless, tedious tasks, filling out spreadsheets, managing databases, and answering emails. Graeber writes, technology has been marshaled to figure out ways to make us all work more. In order to achieve this, jobs have been created that are effectively pointless. Yeah. You see, we're putting the cover sheets on all TPS reports now before they go out. Did you see the memo about this? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I have the memo right here. I just uh, forgot, but uh, it's not shipping out till tomorrow, so there's no problem. Yeah. If you could just go ahead and make sure you do that from now on, that would be great. And uh, I'll go ahead and make sure you get another copy of that memo. Okay? Yeah, no, I, I, I have the memo. I've got it. It's right... Office space is rife with this phenomenon. Peter, played by Ron Livingston, has eight different bosses, middle management, who seem to exist just to nag, annoy, and chastise him about inane, tedious mistakes. Peter's job at the software company Inatech is to go through the code and replace all of the two-digit 20th century numbers with four-digit numbers for the new millennium. Well, see, they wrote all this bank software, and... Uh... To save space, they used two digits for the date instead of four. So like 98 instead of 1998. Uh, so I go through these thousands of lines of code and uh, it doesn't really matter. Originally, these two digit dates were supposedly installed to save time and space. One coworker, Tom, is grilled by two efficiency experts trying to downsize the company about what his job even is. Well, then I just have to ask, why couldn't the customers just Take them directly to the, to the software people, huh? Well, uh, I'll tell you why. Uh, because engineers are not good at dealing with customers. 
He supposedly works as a liaison between the software engineers and the customer. The efficiency experts ask, why can't the customer just contact the software engineers directly? The rules of this yuppie office dystopia don't make sense because they aren't meant to if we listen to David Graeber. They're just meant to keep you busy. Another level of hell in the corporate Dante's Inferno has Peter's love interest, Joanna, working at a trendy chain restaurant as a waitress. Joanna is played by a 1990s Jennifer Aniston. Okay, that's what the flair is about. It's about fun. Yeah. Okay, so more than, yeah. <laughs> Look, we want you to express yourself, okay? Now, if you feel that the bare minimum is enough, then okay. But some people choose to wear more, and we encourage that, okay? In Capitalist Realism, Mark Fisher writes about Office Space, calling it a movie about quiet authoritarianism. In keeping with the being smart ethos, the management style in Office Space is a mixture of shirt sleeves informality and quiet authoritarianism. Judge shows the same managerialism presides in the corporate coffee chains where the office workers go to relax. Here, staff are required to decorate their uniforms with seven pieces of flair, i.e. badges or other personal tokens, to express their creativity and individuality. A handy illustration of the way in which self-expression and creativity have become intrinsic to labor and control societies. In Peter's corporate software company office, there is no hellish attempts at creativity. Each worker is stuck in a cubicle, cut off from their co-workers. The dystopian rhythms, corporate accounts payable, please hold, are broken up only by the irritating sounds of a printer getting slammed or Milton listening to the radio at a reasonable volume between 9 and 11. Mike Judge also levies cutting satire at the office platitudes. The refrain, somebody has a case of the Mondays, is used to push off any recognition of genuine hostility or discomfort. Uh-oh. Sounds like somebody's got a case of the Mondays. <laughs> Along with the quiet authoritarianism of middle management, comes the passive-aggressive, non-confrontational nature of communication. We fixed the glitch. So he won't be receiving a paycheck anymore, so it'll just work itself out naturally. We always like to avoid confrontation whenever possible. Problem is solved from your end. <laughs> um. The irony is that the workplace, increasingly hostile and desperate, is a hotbed of seething rage and resentment. The idea, the original Milton Short, was expanded out from a recurring bit where the Milton character is supposed to have a stapler, which is taken by his boss, Bill. Stapler, but I kept my swing line stapler because it didn't bind up as much, and, and I kept the staples for the swing line stapler. Okay, Milton. And, oh, no, it's not okay because if they make me, if they, if they take my, my stapler, then I'll, I'll have to outfit the building on fire. Okay, well, that sounds, uh, sounds great. Uh, I'll talk to you I, later, I, all right? Bye. Stephen Root plays Milton now a side character, and Bill, genuinely one of the most annoying characters in cinema history, is played by Gary Cole. Bill Lumberg becomes increasingly cruel, even as his banality makes it hard to reconcile. I think it's important to understand that Peter, clearly the Mike Judge corollary here, who is especially miserable and self-aware, is a slacker, but also a representation of the creative and unfulfilled spirit. Ironically, it's once Peter stops giving a fuck, that he finds some semblance of success in this office space. Which makes sense. The rules here don't make sense. And it's only when they're shredded to bits that you can kind of hack the matrix. 
That's just a straight shooter with upper management written all over him. Ooh, yeah. Um, I'm going to have to go ahead and sort of disagree with you there. Yeah, uh, he's been real flaky lately. And I'm just not sure that he's the caliber person that we would want for upper management. Anyway, before I introduce the panel, please like this video and subscribe to the Movie Night Extravaganza YouTube channel. Hit that bell to get notified whenever we're streaming. Also, we are now monetized, so if you have any pressing questions during this live stream, send us a super chat, which helps me keep the show running, which I am obligated by international law, human rights law, to answer. We also have a Patreon, patreon.com slash movie night extra. All of our after parties are on there forever. Okay, let me introduce the panel. Conan Neutron, host of Britonic Reversal, co-host of Movie Night Extravaganza, and frontman for Conan Neutron and the Secret Friends, neutronfriends.bandcamp.com. J. Andrew World, illustrator, book cover artist, artist for Give Them an Argument, co-host for Movie Night Extravaganza, and Bad Takes. Christina Oaks, this Barbie is streaming on Twitch, twitch.tv slash cosmopolitics, Twitter, Instagram, and Blue Sky at cosmopolitics. Send her some subs on Twitch. Randy Randall is a guitarist, a Grammy-nominated sub-pop recording artist, and half of the experimental punk group No Age. Movie Night Extravaganza Forest speaking. Just a moment. Movie Night Extravaganza Forest speaking. Just a moment. Yeah. Very nice. <laughs> that was exciting. Well bold. Well bold on that one. <laughs> there's so much like out there about this movie but it's all written right like there's not like yeah i feel like a lot of podcasts haven't discussed it or like um which is shocking because yeah. it's, there's i mean just from the quotes alone you could just like have a podcast right just, <laughs> that'd be like, great hey, if there yeah. were more podcasts discussing this movie yeah like this one <laughs> oh, no no yeah. but like there's a lot of books that have brought elements of this movie into them and it's kind yeah. of funny to like how ha- like have to read a quote from like a book like you know what I mean yeah. like on a podcast to be like look I'm, tr- I'm trying to I'm trying to bring this in elevate the conversation here and uh, you know well re- kind of hit that that, that <laughs> le- late '90s era of movies that there there's certainly uh, cultural swag and cachet uh, with them but there it was before there were really such things as podcasts except for, like Radio Zero right like yeah like, like, two or three of them. Uh, shout out well, to and also like yeah. right as uh, like Comedy Central kind of took off, right? Like this movie got popular, yeah. not like being in the movie theater or um, being in, in spaces kind of where people watched it together, like other cult movies. This movie actually got like was one of the first big movies to get like to get big because people were playing because were, people were talking yeah. about it, but not through social media because social media, as you understand, did not exist. So you had like Live Journal. And that well, was, yeah. everyone, everyone was on uh, AOL Instant Messenger. Just right. who had yeah. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Well, this was still the uh, days of video store. You know, you had video yeah. store glory happening. Here, you'd go and see the box, word of mouth. Like, oh, you haven't seen this? You got to watch this. You yeah. know what I mean? Those yeah, which, which we just talked about um, recently when we did, like, you know, because we've done, like, a bunch of kind of 80s movies and 90s movies in a row, like Tape Heads. And yeah. we also did um, After Hours, which are both kind of movies that um, kind of took off because people were kind of passing them around. And also we talked about it with Repo Man. Like, uh, those are all movies that kind of have hit this video, this video store scene. And this is kind of feels like um, one of the last gasps of that, right? Like the yeah. early 2000s kind of are, is kind of. The I, last I found out about this at the local video store. 
which was staffed by a, a Jenny from Racerada, actually. There uh, we go. Uh, yeah. Amongst many other like uh, East, East Bay rockers. And, and, I, and it was basically sold to me as Beavis and Butthead guy made like a movie about like office work. I'm like, <laughs> I'm in. You've already made the sale. Stop right there. <laughs> which I mean, I, I'm guessing you were living in Oakland at the time, right? Yeah. Like, yeah. Uh, so this is like a I mean, it's not filmed in San Francisco or anything, but like. No, it, no, it's a very Texas it? movie at the same oh, time. Yeah. Like, yeah. You know, it's it's because you'll notice like even though it's filmed in Austin. And like when I first watched it, I just remember immediately going like, "Oh, home." Um, <laughs> right. But uh, uh, the 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 license plates aren't from Texas; they just say USA on them. Uh, yeah. so, so they very purposely stripped away any identification. Of, it's like uh, Gennaro uh, Office Park USA. Sorry. Yeah, yeah, and they they, they yeah. really did a great job at, at doing that to make it generic, even though like when they're outside, that's that's clearly Texas, y'all. <laughs> but I mean, it also, it's part but of, it doesn't matter because it is drug. everywhere. Yeah, that's well, it's part of my character yeah. to do that as well because I mean, he comes out of that like Silicon Valley kind of um space, but then he, he went on to make the actual show, uh, you know, Silicon Valley, which kind of tackles that part of it, yeah. you know, right on the head in like the social media age. So he didn't kind of waste that, um, I guess, waste that potential with uh, not, not that it would have, but like you know, waste that that concept, I guess, with this movie, right? Despite the fact that it's kind of in that same realm, because I mean, it is a software company, which I mean, they're all over the country, but like, yeah. You know. they're, they're, he's basically correcting Y2K, which could not be more placed in 1999. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. And, and what I love, though, is uh, Mike Judge was actually offered to take, uh, the, uh, you know, to produce the show, the American version of The Office, and yeah. uh, turned it down because when the producer sent him like the uh, the British videos, uh, they also sent him like all the reviews and all the reviews were negatively reviewing his movie compared to uh, the British version of The Office. And he's like, fuck that. I'm not doing this show. <laughs> That's amazing. This ain't, this ain't like no office I've ever worked at, Governor. Well, I, and I am a fan of, of the British office as well, but it's a different type of satire. And it, it's it, like this characters, it, also a character driven comedy right but like it hits so much differently for office space than it does for the u.s or the uk office frankly yeah and it's honestly the reason why it works kind of dead on in a lot of ways and having again i left the record store in, in like 97 and i had a few office jobs and like again some of it hit a little bit too close to home of just like you know this the stunning like menial uh, banal drudgery, like mediocre miseries of just like being in this place. Like, what are what precisely do we do here? You know, yeah. that kind of like thing. Like, I'm glad I'm getting paid for it, but you know, I, I cleaned offices with my mom when I was little. She would like clean like um like uh, like chamber of commerce and all that during the day, and then like other like office buildings at night. So I would be like looking at people's like stuff on their like in their cubicles when I was supposed to be like. Mighty Mom Business doing something else. Yeah. I was like Touching seven, eight, nine years old. <laughs> well, and there's kind of a whole economy that pops up around the, I mean, not just in Silicon Valley, like around the whole, uh, <laughs> around the whole like coding, coding <laughs> space, right? Like, um, Ugh, like coding. IBM. Ugh. Well, like IBM opened here in Kingston originally. I mean, I was just now that we taught all those code miners how to code, you know. <laughs> yeah. yeah, but like they, they had entire campuses, and you know, by the time the nine, like the late, late, late nineties came around, like they were trying to create like these self-sufficient communities around you know the coding space and it's like yeah. 
uh, like the town. It was, it was the beginning of that. Yeah. The company town mindset, but as, as yeah. towards this quote unquote new technology, which and may, of course, well, later the miners bad. would like, you know, uh, take to that pretty fast. <laughs> I mean, I was being, uh, trying to like low key cajoled into working at, uh, friends, corporation that's like one of the big silicon valley ones and i was like i was like yeah, that is never i'm not happen. working at x but like <laughs> but he gave me the tour and it was like literally like a little town where there's like like almost the equivalent of like company script there's vending machines where you can get like apple ipod uh not ipod what, what year is this uh iphone earbuds and stuff like it was crazy the whole thing was designed to keep you there all yeah. the time everything about it and it'd be like Oh, I want some coffee. Well, cool. Do you want, you know, Pete's? Do you want, uh, you know, Colectivo? Do you want like Seattle's? Because there's, cause there's yeah. five different options and they're all like around. But I think this is, I think this is all touching on a good point. Like, is this movie still relevant in a post social media, post Facebook, like organic, no cubicle? We're all touchy feely. We're all going to do yoga on the roof, top garden, you know, kind of post, you know, 20s and teens, like bubble like does this still relate to a workspace because i feel like this is very much like a for a lot of folks i think it is this is still like okay this isn't like i love lucy you know what i mean i just i wonder (laughs) you know just because if you look at the like the setting you know or even something like you know um what's it the um the apartment with jack lemon you know where he's in the big thing you see like the the ceiling bay full of lights they do it they hit it a little bit like as a film but it, it just feels like, you know, just different culture of like, you well, know, they're the trying to bring it. They're like, trying to bring people back to the office because, right, right. oh, reasons, because we want to have control over our employees. That's why. Right. That's the real reason why. But just imagine. It. It's so weird. Everyone's like, we got to bring people back into the office. We got to bring people back in these buildings. I'm like, wouldn't it cost like less for you guys to have all that property to like rent every month or own? Like, I'm just saying. I mean, imagine that the people old work home black. sick. Yeah, well, which is where the whole thing about bullshit jobs comes in, right? Like a right. lot of these yeah. jobs are like you could do them from home, but also they're kind of pointless, right? Like you're sitting at yeah. home answering emails, you're sitting at home, um, you know, like, you know, sending you're done with work in three hours, you're, you're getting you're getting like a memo from somebody about a memo. Like, I don't know, like a lot of it is kind of just pointless work in the end. Yeah, and redundant it, just to once, keep you there. Once, once you get it from home, you realize kind of how purposeless a lot of this stuff is and the control part of it, right? Like the, the hold they have over you, which is being at the office and uh, assuming that whatever you're doing is keeping a company going, like realizing from home that that's not the case and realizing from home, actually this is kind of bullshit and I could just be doing it from home does make it all kind of collapse. And that's one of the reasons why the petty tyrant lumber character is such a perfect villain and and it's perfectly emblematic of a type of person that does exist that had not at that point been portrayed on film or in major media and that is just this, this completely like ultimately power largely powerless uh middle manager with a ex- exaggerated sense of importance that chooses yeah. to put his ego out on all his underlings yeah and, and Gary Cole portrays him perfectly yes right yeah, a passive aggressive. I should have mentioned passive aggressive. He, yeah, he's, he's known for playing kind yeah. of douchey-ish mm. characters too. Like, like he's one of those actors that you recognize, obviously, but not like maybe not know his name or whatever. Especially with how popular the meme is. I always thought of him as the dad from the Brady Bunch remake. 
Same yeah. here. Yeah. I know. I always thought of him as the captain from Crusade, but that's just so esoteric and, and random. Nobody knows what I'm talking about. So I'll exactly. <laughs> and and I think I think uh, one kind of corollary to a character like that, right? That like I I can think of off the top of my head is like the principal and Ferris Bueller's Day Off, right? Like yeah, uh, yeah. you know, kind of. But like that's not an office situation. That's a situation. But it is kind of the it's same a different type of, of ineffectual administrator. Right? Yeah, it's an ineffectual administrator that is meant to be seen as a comedic counter point towards the main character but i think it's and, also and it's getting, too. Like yeah. if you're a teenager and that watching the john hughes films then you're going to be in an office you know in the kind of in that right. age that 20s 30s <laughs> thing for office space you know if you kind of follow the chronology of it all yeah but i mean like that's the kind of it, it's like very bureaucratic it's the it's a it's a cruel character because of the utter pointlessness of the job right like i do yeah. like this movie points out that like lumberg's job is also pointless like he's, oh god he's no more arguably no more, more useful. yeah he's no more useful than like the tom guy that yeah. you know what i mean that like isn't doing anything at the office and it's like i love the line uh where it's you know um john c mcginley and he's like uh he saw you about like so how much time do you spend on these tps right right right, right yeah, yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> they start writing you know, taking notes yeah, and yeah. stuff yeah <laughs> is there any research what does a tps report actually do is that was are these all just made up letters is that an, is there anything that like mike judge does say it means something and i can't remember what it is because it's so, <laughs> all right apparently uh, test mundane. procedure specification there we go a document yeah, used yeah, by yeah. a quality assurance group or an individual a particular in software engineering um, that describes testing Ooh. procedures and the testing process. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Like, like, as you said image, it, I forgot it. That's why tech. that's so great. Yeah. The image uh, isn't in a tech fucking cover sheet. Amazing. <laughs> and then even the cover sheet, like I don't even know if like you know younger people say the cover sheet like for like a fax. Yeah, for what? Yeah. Like when you fax something, you put a cover you sheet on. You have to do a cover sheet. You know what I mean? Like even printing things yeah. and having like them getting mad at the printer. And again, I'm not just gonna po point poke holes at like this movie's so old, but I do think it is just interesting that you know this work from home culture. Like, yeah. do people even need to have a printer? Do people know how? Yeah, like, yeah exactly. You know, like, like, who prints but it was a anymore? huge part of working in an office before. Of oh, like, man, I, yeah. I went to Radio Shack at this time, and I can't tell you how oh, many printers we sold. All right, we QR code shit now. Like everyone's like, "Oh, you gotta go to a restaurant." All right, you got, you got, you got your phone. Yeah, here's yeah, they don't a QR even bother code. Out a menu, yeah, just yeah. scan it. No. Scan it. I mean, no. I don't think it's any, go to the movies now. I don't think it's any yeah. less, uh, you know, pointless or um, interesting. Than you know the the con the constant emails people get now right because like, it's all oh, via email text but, messages but hey Democrats stop sending me emails <laughs> I'm not giving you any of my money this but is it, gonna be the one let's send it's it a, it's it's a symbolic because it is a tangible document right like because yeah. it is a tangible that, that, now it's IMs yeah. and Slack and and uh, you or know, even like, like text messages or like if 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 you keep listening to this voicemail we know it's you and I'm like that doesn't make any sense <laughs> oh my god I I saw things about like people have like something to jiggle the mouth so it makes it look like they're working from oh, home I, like the automatic mouse jiggler you know just so you look active yeah doing you know, that right that now feels like, that feels classic for office space you know what I mean like, I I absolutely busted a dude I, that I used to work with that was doing that and I knew that he was <laughs> slacking off and I was like aha. I, I know what's up and and like I, whatever the name of as like you're using whatever the name of the program. I was told I was told I could use the mouse jiggler from <laughs> six to eight while I like collated. And the whole thing is because you have to do that because then your IM says you're available rather than away from computer for 15 minutes. More narc yeah. stuff. Oh my you know? god! But oh but, god. but it was a real thing. And also this dude did like no work. We're pretty sure he had another job anyway. But like it's mm. incredible. Because he was a one of the people like you're ruining for everybody, dude. Like <laughs> a lot of a lot of the stuff also feels like um, you know, they're doing it um because they're testing out all the surveillance stuff on all of us, right? Like they sure. they, they yeah. want to do that, like 
it's just as much with law enforcement as it is in an office. And I feel like uh, like pattern recognition on a webcam, right? To see like, you know, someone actually at their desk when they're at, which is so just. So all this stuff, all this stuff both gets used for like a public sector law enforcement purpose, but also gets used um, in in offices for like the most banal fucking possible. uh, All the major technological innovations in tech usually come from pornography and all the ones that uh, basically violate your personal freedoms usually come from private corporations (laughs) or or from uh, the Israeli government. A lot of times, like the Israeli fucking after like, the Patriot Act, all you had to do was say is terrorism, and you had to you had to come open. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Big technology come from space again. Like, they like, come on, man. <laughs> yeah, well, there's the aliens. Are there NASA. Now. Can, yeah, yeah, they're yeah, they're doing. Yeah, everyone's like, yeah. now conspiracy theorists are like, oh yeah, sure, they're aliens existing, and I'm like, were you just talking about how the government was keeping it from you? It's like you're just exactly. It's like up. Oh. I'm like, oh my god, you guys. Not cool love, anymore. Now, just not like, cool. Yeah, not cool anymore. Exactly. I love the idea of like a contrarian conspiracy theorist, though. He's like everybody else is like, wow, maybe there are aliens. Oh, you believe there's that's aliens? Yeah, you're that's one of those. They want you to think. I want to see that episode the of the X Files. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> aliens, like, no, aliens, aliens don't exist. What are you talking about? Scully's like, come on, they're right there. I believed in aliens until everyone else started believing in aliens, and now I realize that there <laughs> that's, are no that's definitely a conversation in a in an office space for sure. Like just just to keep the time going, like you got time to kill, and you start, especially during like a little like lunch break or whatever. Like, ugh. Well, I also so me- in this movie though, I also really like the the conversation about what would you do if you had a million dollars. And yeah. but like it's something like it's, it's vocationally uh two chicks like, at the same time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but it's like but it's like vocation like nobody wants to work if they have a, a million dollars, but it's like nobody oh, wants you know. to work anymore. <laughs> right, 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 right. But it, but it's like I feel like it's very like 70s, right? Like like when when these characters would have been in high school, like uh they, they had a lot of like those vocational training classes that you know people people <laughs> right. would have to go to. And so it's like, oh well, I want to be an engineer, I want to be this or that. And it's like so you know it's a constant kind of stream of paperwork in schools because schools are trying to keep you busy in the same way offices are they're um, training yeah. you to be an office right? yeah, yeah i saw a meme someone was saying that i was like yeah you know what the school prepares us for the nine to five grind of of, of reality of adulthood i remember we didn't learn shit I remember my uh, high school counselor trying to tell me that I wasn't going to make it as a comic book artist that uh, I should uh, instead become a car painter Okay, well, that's something artistic. Go look him up and be like, I'm on a reasonably popular YouTube movie show now. <laughs> and and the, the, the last graphic novel I worked on won yeah. a major award. So, yeah, you know, there you go. Yeah, in your yeah. face. You're still, you're still a career that, counselor. How does so. your car look, though? Does that paint job pretty good? <laughs> <laughs> Those flames, man. <laughs> but I, I also think that, like, there's a, a rash of uh, office incidents that took place in the 80s, 70s. Like, you know what I mean? Like, as this became more, like, you know, like, the, the concept of, like, going postal, which they make fun of in this movie mm, uh, a lot. Right. Because it was in the zeitgeist. It was like every day. Like, yeah. I mean, it, it was like you heard like a new thing. <laughs> it was also you know? pre-Columbine. Yeah. yeah. So no, I, I uh, remember I had a, a next door neighbor who was a uh, mailman. And uh, after the all the, the rash of, uh, you know, mailmen going uh, crazy and shooting people, uh, you know, I'd read him like, hey, shoot anybody today, Red? And he's like, not today. <laughs> yeah, there was a whole thing of mailmen delivery people murdering people. <laughs> no, no, I remember no. that. <laughs> 
but like I, I just uh I, I feel like it is very much in the zeitgeist at this time and it's interesting that yeah, it's falling such, down like, was criticized for that same reason you know yeah. that was like the same sort of thing but like it, yeah. it was definitely, it was a 90s thing again you mentioned a good point uh, it's a 90s uh, thing you guys don't understand <laughs> being pre-columbine because that then is that what that entire place in our culture was replaced by school shooting oh my god which, which oh, we're just yeah. like and the big one pre pre nine eleven, you know, I mean, yeah. Samir Nahin and Najad would be a, it would be a whole different kind of you know portrayal yep. of you know he's Indian, but still you know there would be some reference you know of, of Middle Eastern. Yeah. You know, also, sort of the, apparently, the Japanese think that we're offended by nine eleven memes, and I'm here to tell you guys we're not. We laugh at them too. Oh, oh good. <laughs> Good. At least anyone but, that matters. Yeah, but uh, like uh, the yeah. Unabomber, right? Like, I mean, he just fucking oh, died yeah. really recently. Yeah. All right, all right, people. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> but like, but it, that that's kind of the same thing where it, it's but like kind of pre-school shootings, um, kind of descending <laughs> like school uh, shootings. Oh God. Yeah. yeah. There's, preschool preschool shootings, not preschool shootings. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure there's been at least a couple of them. Oh God. That's dark. Yeah, I'm sending my five-year-old to school with a gun. Um, but well, there, there was that there was that kid that pulled a gun out of his lunchbox at one point and he had like oh, taken yeah. his dad's gun it was like five five or six years old and he came to school and he had a gun in his lunchbox i mean could he really could did we... not want to he really did not want to do nap time i guess yeah. imagine going to the office and ready to just be like condor and just you know just you you go you go to lunch you know you get your your co-worker some food you come back and everyone's oh, been yeah. murdered but that's but like in this movie, it's not only just uh, like in the zeitgeist constantly, right? It's referenced constantly. It's it's mentioned as, as like a joke, like it's a lighthearted joke to the point where he's talking about it at the table, and the fucking waiter goes up and goes, which I fucking hate that guy so fucking oh, he's, much. He's so I, good at being obnoxious. Yes. Like, uh, he, he was like obnoxious in the way like a leprechaun is. Yeah. Now, I mean, like, like I know, I know, Horace <laughs> and Christina is too young to remember this, but like I remember uh, growing up in the 80s like like waiters would actually have like other skills sometimes and like like uh i can't tell you how many times like uh i'd go out to eat and uh you know there'd be an amateur magician serving us and would do yeah. tricks uh Someone working on their juggling or something yeah no yeah. and like, the last time i saw that like my kids were small uh like uh no my my oldest was like uh, an infant and, and uh or like a toddler or something like that and we had this 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 uh you know we were like in west virginia and it's like oh that's where all the uh magician waiters have gone as West Virginia. Well, we had One that, town we had in West bartender, Virginia. Yes. We had that bartender at the end of the night uh, when, when we did the Give Them a Revolution live show that really wanted to be like on Broadway or something. He was like, oh, a, that's right. He was yeah. very excited. That, like, Isn't there like a diner in, in, in like New York City where you can like perform and also be a waiter at the same time? Because well, There's a I'm lot thinking, of them. There's, there's, yeah. there's like a very common thing in the city. Like uh, yeah. you know, Broadway actors, there's certain restaurants where they work yeah, in between. City, that means New York. Oh, okay. Yeah. okay. That's city. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but well, she's well, Christina's in New York City first. But uh, like, there's like you know by Broadway or whatever. Like, there's a lot of places where, like, um, yeah, yeah, it's called dinner theater. I know, I, it's it's notable, but it's also uh, get, to getting back to. Well, I don't just mean dinner theater. I mean, I mean like there, there's restaurants that are like entirely staffed usually by, by people like, that have like. Other they'll give you like a musical and, number. Ply their well, trade they're, of they're whatever that people is. People that want whatever. to be on Broadway yeah, yeah. that are like between auditions or whatever, they all work at the same restaurant. Let's see a lot go. better than an office job. Yeah. <laughs> well, broadcasting live from Los Angeles—that's everybody. That's, you yeah, can't go into a restaurant. Yeah, like, no, that's that's, 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 every, that's every, every single restaurant. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Or screenwriter. Pretty right. common, yeah. actually. Yeah, <laughs> it's 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 notable. I, I do want to 
point out before we get too far away from it that one of the things I think Office Space does really well is it shows that like there's the like our little click of our more or less main characters, which is you know obviously not Milton, which is his own thing, but like how just boring everything is. Everybody is. Everyone is like low grade terrible and like not interesting in any way. And actually, as much as I actually do like the U.S. Office, and I'm not interested in discussing the people that aren't, but like people are too interesting in that show. Everyone is yeah. like interesting in some way. Most people are just boring, gray, like just total uh, gruel. Well, and, and the big the big problem with that show also, I think, is that Michael Scott is like a well-meaning boss. Like, you know, right. what I mean? well, whereas in the UK office, like, you know, the Ricky Gervais character is just horrifically well, like, also an office word and like borderline like, racist and like Lumberg is an actually cruel, like kind of villain. He's a villain. Yeah. Yeah. He's not and, a misunderstood hero. He's a villain. Yeah. And a good one, because, again, that characterization uh, didn't really exist in cinema at the time. And that's one of the reasons why he's so good at it. But it's also like, it, it, OK, I'm going to put it to another movie around this time. It's like in Ghost World. You'll appreciate this. Oh, yeah? When uh, in like if you love blues, you love Blues Hammer. Oh, I love the blues and then Hammer. Blues Hammer plays. And anyone who's ever played in a band is like. I know exactly who this band is. Like we yeah. all know exactly who this band is. Yeah. In this whole situation, God. but it had never been depicted on film before. <laughs> and so, in that way, like Lumberg is like that type of like again a petty despot, right? Of the office world. Oh, yeah, I terrible. saw um, a Forbes article when doing research for this episode that was like uh, lessons lessons middle management can take from office space. That was like oh, one of those listicle things. <laughs> <laughs> pro office, yes. pro Lumberg. Yeah, yeah. Show me you missed. The point, yeah, yeah, he's the hero, right? <laughs> it's like that that Twitter thread that said that uh, Ken is the uh, the hero to Barbie, and that oh, uh, that that world he built is the one we should all uh, be working towards. Mojo Dojo, I do have a question though. In, in this in this way of you know kind of gender politics, I think it you know it is perhaps data, or at least I'll pose the question to, to the to the panel. When is it a form of toxic masculinity that he doesn't want to date Jennifer or he doesn't want to date oh. Jennifer Aniston because um Lumberg fucked her, quote unquote. Yeah. You know, is this is this some of this like um you know what's like a Jonah Hill? So yeah, like, like, well I'm just not comfortable. You know, these are my boundaries. Well, you had sex so, with my boss. So I, you know, I, I terrible think... person. And then we find out it's the other Lumberg, he's okay with that. Like, yeah, what, that, that's okay. Is that what? What is? How does that read in 2023 in terms of? Let, let's let Christina yeah. answer. Yeah, yeah. Let's. I mean, it's fine. It's not. I mean, it's not. You know, he's not gonna like you. Fuck my boss. Like it's kind of weird, but like, you know, before it happened, you know, in my opinion, I would I would feel like if I didn't know from the get go, perhaps from the deuce perspective, but like, fuck whoever you want. It's fine. It's fine. It's fine. Right? Yeah. I mean, it's it's also that's, Jennifer that's Aniston. That's the clip, by yeah. the way. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> you want to fuck? Yeah. I I feel like I feel like because he specifically makes it clear that it's Lumberg. Uh, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like it's Lumberg yeah. that he has a problem. Lumberg. With. Yeah, it's, <laughs> because he it's hates. Not, that it's not that it's another yeah. guy. It's that it's that guy, his nemesis, the guy that is the author of of all of his misery. Yeah, yeah I feel like that makes it okay. But I also think that because you can you can flip it, and if uh, you know, like, um, if she had a boss that was like, you know, the Mike Judge kind of character or something, like a female version of that, like, yeah. you know, she'd probably hate it in the same way. Now, if he had gotten mad about that in general, like her fucking any like anybody at the office, that would have probably been problematic. But the, the you, fact you, that, it's, yeah, you know, the saying goes: when you sleep with someone, you're sleeping with everybody that they slept with. <laughs> 
that's part of the problem. That's why he's like, I can no, 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 no. He, he, they, they, lover fucked her. I can't, I can't. It's also a classic three's company, though, like miscommunication of like, well, yeah. he asked her like, lumber, and she goes, oh yeah, I'm that guy. No, yeah, no, no, God, those situations like, oh. were always classic. Just, you know, well, it also, it also, um, guy, adds yeah. the the dynamic of you know, first there was that place like Inishrode. Which is another uh, company, and then the last one is like Penetrode, which is kind of like, <laughs> all of the. These are the great generic companies. Yeah. By the way, they're so like, like Penetrate. Yeah. But like, because <laughs> they all uh, like sound like they have that onomatopoeia, but then they also are like, it's not really a thing, but it's like I guess that could be a thing. Like it's yeah, uh, it's very well done. It's a thing, yeah. thing, thing. But yeah. so, so like it's he's like he's like oh Ron like the the young guy from uh you know from Inatrode that guy yeah. but then so Inatrode is a set like it, it adds that dynamic where that's a different company than Inatech where they're working at yeah and then like it's kind of this this nonstop like one of these places opens up folds and then gets either um, absorbed yeah. by or like you know uh, replaced by the next one of the same exact company with the same generic name. But each time they're like very different. Like, and, and what's notable too, and what's severe difference between then and now is nobody was trying. <laughs> nobody was trying to be cool because now it's like those same things happen with all these companies. But everyone's like, oh no, but it's cool. Like when we do it, we have like you know like whatever this mascot and this branding. There was no, uh, there was no appeal for these companies, these these sort of interchangeable companies that like it was a cool place to work. Yeah, tech was not cool. <laughs> that was in, not in 1999. There was no pre is pre Mark Zuckerberg, pre-American um, apparel hoodie. Yeah. This is, you know, it's a whole different kind of idea. Oh, like, yeah, if you worked you, at a tech company, you were lame, you were a nerd. Yeah, you wouldn't cat you know, cattle prod it out the door if you come in looking like a like a Silicon Valley exec, which is one of the reasons why everybody initially uh fell <laughs> fell into the whole thing with um uh how facebook oh well they're so cool he's so so rebellious because he looks he looks like this and this and that because it was a reaction to that culture and that's important contextually to mention that uh within uh, the, the time no here. wonder elon owns twitter right <laughs> i'm looking at the comment here from kt baldassaro and I, yeah i mean i think you could you could really apply um you know, a, a Mike Judge, you know, a feminist, you know, critique of Mike Judge in general. I mean, with Beavis and Butthead to to even, yeah. you know, um, uh, although King, he kind of did King of the Hill. a little bit of Daria, I suppose. You know, what's like, funny about John Hamm, though, about, about like his character in Mad Men? In the end, John Hamm just wants to play himbos, like just the biggest himbos. Like, <laughs> let, let him just play himbos from now on. Let him do it. <laughs> Follow your bliss. Well, no, I, but, well, I feel like ad agencies are like, if you're looking at something like Mad Men, like, are kind of an early variation of this uh, cookie cutter office culture, right? Like everything yeah. on Madison Avenue kind of has the same vibe to it. And at that point, the tech industry kind of was scientists because they hadn't kind of created these private sector, like IBM type companies because they're just getting the engineering together for, yeah. you know, like supercomputers and stuff like that. Which is and it was also located out computers. in Boston. <laughs> like, like remember it was Boston where all that stuff was at yeah. the time. Uh, uh, and, uh, and still has a large tech corridor, which, uh, exists to this day, which I believe when I first saw office space was with, uh, my friend Dante and his roommate and his roommate worked, uh, at one of those, uh, tech Ambo. places. Ambo. <laughs> yeah. That's good. That's good, Stevie. Oh I, I think to address Katie's point, there's even some like meta contextual humor in Silicon Valley, uh, about that, uh, the show Silicon Valley. I mean, oh, yeah. 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 <laughs> Sorry, I should have there's, clarified. There's no, there's no humor in real Silicon Valley. Which, <laughs> written, and I think uh, assistant showrunner, Clay Tarver of Chavez. Yeah. 
Oh wow! A lot of people don't know that Clay Travis Chavez. Uh, he's a, the, that's wild. Yeah, he's Silicon Valley, and I inadvertently gave him an idea, and I did not get credit, but that's okay. Oh. Didn't either. <laughs> <laughs> that's like a real Silicon Valley move. Yeah, I know. Oh, I heard about this uh, new tech on the playground uh, overhearing some other dads. Gonna... Uh, but I, lo I love the show. I did. I, so I, I wasn't mad. At mm. Holy crap! I made it in. <laughs> then, yeah, I'm also curious. You know, the Superman three thing. The give a penny, leave a penny. Was this also like? Pre like crypto, could this be considered something? You know what I mean. This uh, idea of just you know, my God, did they predict crypto in this movie? Oh, <laughs> well, <laughs> but this idea of you know, obviously it's been it's been done in Superman three now into this, but yeah, like, yeah. this idea of micro investing or just taking little bits and yeah. having it add up to more you know, transactional transactional. Uh, yeah, well now there's whole companies that like you know that's their whole thing. It's like oh well you know we up. take the I mean yeah. PayPal like that's PayPal's whole yeah. business model like they take the the pennies on pennies of your. Uh, financial transactions and i mean this is like the robin hood version of that because they're like you know it will we'll take it from the rich and give it to us or right. milton yeah <laughs> yeah right that was yeah. ultimately yeah he well, and I, and I, yeah. so so first of all i, also, I said I, no salt, no salt. I, I, I love how they have to like look up like uh money laundering which is amazing uh yes. but like i mean that's just an amazing moment and oh, that God. shows you pre-wikipedia right like of, of like, like and how pre, would you do that yeah pre breaking bad because everybody yeah. you know like breaking bad kind of yeah, Ozark. Yeah. yeah. There's been lots of shows about it since then. Yeah, that's right. But like, it's also like the whole like, well, it's a victimless crime. It's just, uh, you know, it's just, and it, and it rhymes uh, with the, when they're talking about how Milton doesn't is receiving a paycheck, even though it's on the payroll anymore. And, oh, we'll be correcting the error. And they start using that passive language voice. Yeah. Of, like it just being a line item. It's a, his job is like a line item that they, they're not even concerned with telling him about. In that same way, it's it's meant to you know what would be like a potentially morally specious thing to uh, take these micro pennies away from them. It's like, well, no, look at what they're doing to like their actual employees. Like it's it's meant to show uh, contrast with that. Yeah, and I mean you know it's uh, <laughs> yes. well these jobs kind of screw you over constantly, right? Like you're constantly yeah. there. They're taking a little bit of money here and there. They're putting it in accounts. That's actually how they're making that money. Right. So um, there's kind of this thing like, you know, it's like a dream, like, uh, you know, could you could you rip off your boss at a giant company? And is that morally wrong after all the things they've you know done to you? I mean, I, I do think that this movie wouldn't really work if uh, they kind of just got away with it. You know what I mean? Like, um, right. Yeah. It's, 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 the fact it's that they're so pathetic and, uh, you know, unable to when, when it comes time. Can't for, quite get it together. Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. I think it's perfect that it ends up being Milton, who, again, the origin of office space is, is all Milton, but he's kind of like seen as like a secondary character and like, and gradually it's, you know, played for comedic effect. Like they move him down to the basement, uh, you know, like stuff just gets worse and worse and worse. And then you get, get to, and he's literally going in to get the stapler. Yeah. <laughs> and, which that's you know the story behind the stapler, right? Well, hold on, let me finish. Okay. So, uh, the, 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 like the, when you see, when you get to the end of it, it's like, it's the only way it could have ended. Right. Is that like, no, the guy who was actually worse off than any of them and and grant and basically like not respected by anybody, including our like main characters. He's the one that gets it. That's perfect. That's what makes it a genius move. So go ahead, Andy. What are we going to say about the stapler? Yeah, no, the stapler did not exist before that movie, uh, that, that red stapler. Um, so somebody, uh, the, 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 the prop person actually had to paint that stapler red. Oh, no kidding. And it was, uh, and they, they wow. but the thing is, is, uh, to do that before they went, did this, they, they went to the company. They're like, Hey, 
can you make us a red? Can you make red staplers for us? And they're like, yeah. no, nobody wants red staplers. You can't sell red staplers in bulk. That's crazy. Right. And so um, the the movie comes out. They had the red stapler in the movie, and then they started getting inundated with everybody wanted them. Yeah, yeah, because yes. yeah. Well, yeah. think of it from a functional perspective. How do you know which one's yours? Oh, mine's the red one. You know, like it's does it does make sense? Yeah. That's what, that's what I did. When oh, wow. I, oh, it's got the branded what, Milton swing line. When I had to go it's, buy uh, a stapler, it's, it's I went out of stock. That. That's awesome. Yeah, I went, uh, I, I needed a stapler, you know, like you just need I mean, a stapler. And I, I went out and I was like, if I'm going to buy a stapler, I want Milton's yeah. stapler. That's the real deal. <laughs> my, 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 my stapler. Milton. Yeah. Well, and that stapler is like the one thing he has, right? Like, like there's a very, his, his relationship with Bill uh, Lumberg as the boss, it's like, that's Bill's go-to, like, um, cruel, like, I'm going to take out my, like, uh, yeah. you know, the rage that's built up inside of me. Um, on, yeah, on this one person, which I, he's obviously taking it out on everybody a little bit. But, I mean, by the end of it, when he's, like, literally making him go around with the fucking spray and, like, spray the cockroaches and the, like, that's, yeah. like, such a creep. Like, that's a full-blown mask-off kind of moment, right? He's and, and they make him extra creepy. He's, like, looking through the shadows or whatever, and he's trying to torture Milton out of the office. And, he's trying um, him to leave, right? And so, yeah. again, that's why it's perfect that he ends up with the money because there is no more deserving character. Because everyone perceives that they have been done wrong. And in, in one can argue they all have a claim to it, some more than others. But it's like no one is persecuted on the same level as Milton just for basically being a weird little guy. Yeah. <laughs> who got, who got <laughs> laid off five years ago. I, I'm, yeah. Like, I mean, and, and that's so perfect that it's that it's like that's like, oh, no, he's already been laid off. But they just oh, no, we just corrected the error. So no one told yeah. him it'll work itself no one out. Had the guts to tell him but how great is Steven Root from like news so radio, good. Milton, now yeah. Barry. Yeah, he's insane yeah. on in Barry. He's like no full blown. So um, ju justified. He was uh he was on the first season of Justified as uh, oh a stand in for um uh Maximum Bob because they, they weren't doing the the Maximum Bob books, but they're doing the stories. Oh my god. So this <laughs> yeah. is him and uh this is him and Gary Cole talking about these characters because oh, these yeah. are actually obviously both characters that were um originally both uh animated but also voiced by mike judge right and so they just had to yeah. take those that those same voices and just do the voices which i kind of love um because this movie obviously works without knowing that information like i didn't know that information yeah it's still funny it's, even if you don't yeah. know any of that it's still very funny yeah. but then but then when you watch it like oh like they really did just take the voices that uh you know which mike judge is so talented at just doing kind of random voices like that aren't like i mean even even the hank hill voice just said butthead. like yeah like it is impossible to overstate like how crazy it was when Beavis and Butthead came out that there was anything like that, and that those two characters would have like such distinctive voices because that just was not in vogue at the time. Now there's like a ton, and like it's, it's actually pretty common, but there was nothing like that at the time. And I like well, that he just kind of followed that up like a year, like a year, like a couple years later or whatever with fucking King of the Hill. Yeah, yeah. It's like it, like that show has become so iconic and, and so like people still just randomly do the fucking Hank Hill voice, which is crazy because King of the Hill, when it very first came out, was thought of as like a Beavis and Butthead pilot fish. It was like, oh, it's like, OK, I get it. And then like it ended up having this enduring resonance, which is based on the stronger foundation if he conceived it as a series rather than being like something that came from the frog baseball short. And uh, Liquid Television, actually, if I remember correctly, yeah, I, think, yeah. I think the Beavis and Butthead shorts were on uh, Liquid Television. By the way, uh, no conflict better for you. Totally, some shit my boss would say. Like that is a like the non-confrontational Nate. Like, and now there's whole fucking. Uh, I feel like there's a lot of like um 
like there's a whole industry that's popped up of uh lecture courses or whatever people are like i'm gonna teach like those same fucking kind of useless middle managers to do like a non-confrontational uh statistically based kind of um style of intervention at work yeah, correcting like, the error yeah yeah it's <laughs> crazy yeah I mean, with, oh sorry we're gonna i don't know if we're gonna throw into it but the um the idea of him of it being like an animation like i was, was just though that first scene of him like moving along inching along in traffic it just feels like something set up like in an animation yeah. style you know with all like the punch-ins and the finger going to put the lockdown it's a completely like silent yeah list you know um opening but it says so much and i think his background as an animator to go from and this is his first um live action directorial work right yeah i yes. believe so so it's a huge, it's yeah. a huge everything jump. before that was animation yeah you're right but you could just yeah. kind of see like how you know in, the, in that first opening scene it just looks like you i could see that whole thing being animated it's very oh easy. absolutely you know I mean? yeah, it's like, yeah. It's, michael bolton sitting there like you know rapping along to the yeah. gangster rap you learn you learn everything about that character in that oh, one yeah. moment right like he's, yeah he's like tough in this car fucking rapping along to the ghetto boys or whatever yeah. and then yeah. the second he sees a black person fucking locks the door yeah, like yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and again, that comes back to what I was saying that even like our our protagonists are like still flawed characters, and you know, it's like ultimately, yeah, like you you meet them all there though in the in that first like thirty seconds, and you, you know see, who everybody you know who is. they are exactly, absolutely. Yep. Well, yeah. it's also as you go, and it shows you it doesn't tell you. Oh, it's crazy mm -hmm. how so and so is blah blah blah. Like you get to see Lumberg being cruel, and you get to yep. see like everybody like going through all the process you well, say even just just the the three guys in the car getting to work like you oh get, yeah you get their characters so like, like just have the, you know, the years some years having the big freak out michael bolton's yep Rage you know issues. masculine but also passive and you yeah. know and, and very submissive to that and then and then our, our main character just can't catch a break yeah. he gets one lane can't catch a break can't you just the constantly blocked at every turn and Dead everything i just somebody used to commute on a regular basis hard oh, relatable yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> every every character in this in this movie has like seething rage behind you know behind the mask that they're I mean yeah. like but as it goes up the chain they're better and better at like uh putting a mask over that right like I mean Bill Lumberg is a perfect example of someone who's I mean you can tell that that's a cruel person that's I mean it is like a petty despot like um but he's like it, like incredibly cruel but like he has managed to fill that void with full banality. And like that non-confrontational, like passive aggressive way of uh, communicating. And then the boss above him or whatever, like that Dom guy that kind of looks interchangeable with fucking the Tom guy. Um, which which, I, which is obviously even more like fake pleasant, yeah. right? Which is a whole nother thing. And then you go further up to like the John C. McGinley character who's like, yeah. you know, the, the over them as consultants or whatever. And like they're even more kind of um, nonchalant about like they're just like happy. Like they're like, oh, yeah, you know, here's a list of people we're firing. We don't care. They're like laughing about it and stuff. And like th this kind of false, this facade, I guess, of like banality and uh, almost like forced cheerfulness that's that's clearly overlaying a level of rage in, in all sectors of this office. Um, as it goes up, like it's easy, like the mask is more fucking uh, qualified, I guess. We forgot, though, like the, the guy who wins before Milton wins is the guy who gets hit by the, the truck. Yeah, and it gets in a full body cast. Like that's your because best. He's free. Best case scenario. <laughs> he doesn't have to work now. Yeah, and he's got all the money, and it's pretty. He can make his jump to conclusions. He can. Yeah. he can live his dream. That's that's like you're almost like, well, 
you know, um, why, why am I spacing on his name? The, the main character. Uh, well, and, and it's played for laughs, yeah. but he's like, he commits, he tries to commit suicide. Yeah. And it's that, like, holy yeah. shit. Yeah. I mean, it's a, it's, it's like the best case scenario of what you could get, what you could hope to get in that world. Like, right. you know, without, you know, burning the place down or doing, you know, something else, but it's like, our, well, maybe, maybe I'll be lucky and get hit by a car. And, yeah. you know, our like, boss, yeah. the emo dragon says it couldn't help but notice that Conan's wearing the bare minimum amount of flair tonight. Yeah, right. 14 pieces you know, out of 14. Fine. I, I will have you know, though, that we did have a words with Conan before we went on air about right, uh, right, right, about right. his uh, <laughs> lack of dress code. Um, I mean, if you want to do the minimum amount. Yeah. <laughs> I thought you said you wanted to express yourself. <laughs> she had, and, and it's a great movie for a lot of reasons, but the fact that, like, Jennifer, Jennifer Aniston is like the the stand-in for anyone who's ever been in like a service and it was like okay is that what you want me to do fine then I'll do, then I'll do that no no I want you to be excited about this I'm not going to be excited about yeah this. which is a whole other, I mean which is a whole, other set of, a whole other set of skills right like um in in the case of like the office uh it's the management that has to do kind of this false cheerful yeah. like thing but in her case like everybody is at the bottom of the the service industry ladder is kind of still forced to do this like oh i'm peppy and i care about the customers and i like the flair the expression is is a is is a commodity for the customer it's not like you know what i mean like it has nothing to do with your own sense of identity or your own sense of like your your sense of identity is something that um is considered a commodity for the customers that you're serving Although, to be fair, I was at the uh, Hard Rock Cafe in Orlando, Florida in 1994, I think it was. Was the waitress hitting on you? Uh, no, she saw my <laughs> vertigo button, Sorry. and she walks up and shows me her death button. And uh, we, we bonded. Uh, yeah. Okay. Wow. So, so there maybe, maybe she was hitting on you. I don't, what maybe do I know? she was. Uh, <laughs> I had no game back then. She probably was. The, the, the go, jo- the joke, of go course, back there and touch buttons? <laughs> the joke, Ooh, of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm just gonna walk right past that. Yeah, <laughs> you should have done too. Uh, the joke being, of course, that you know many female service workers, of course, dudes that are clueless, assume that oh, she's flirting with me. No, she's doing her job, you idiot. Which goes, I mean, it goes. But she wasn't serving my tables. Uh, so it was just kind of nice that you know, just like, hey, know. comic fan, what's up? You're the exception that proves the rule. Yeah, there we go. It goes. <laughs> it goes. Uh, got more game than I knew. It gets worse, like as somebody becomes like a bartender rather than just a waitress. Oh God, yeah. And then it's like a drunk person that's like giving everybody their life story, and right. it's like, <laughs> but uh, yeah. So this is the this is the clip with Stephen Root and Gary Cole. This is the voices, right? This is this is like the voices, uh, and the, the, these guys are taking over the character. Okay, cool, cool. Yeah, I forgot about the clip. <laughs> this little gem, you, you totally knew that this was going to become a complete cult classic, right? You had that down. Was I in it? <laughs> No, yeah, no, we, we thought we were making a nice little B picture, actually, that uh, had friends of ours that we'd worked with before in it, and uh, we had a lovely time making, but, uh, you know, we didn't think anything, think much would come of it, but I think because of the the rise in DVDs right around that time, 99, 2000 was when DVDs had really peaked, um, and since this didn't, didn't do so great in theatrical release it just found a life there and mushroomed yeah. into this one or two yeah i think it was right thing. maybe right at the time when or you know shortly after the time that a movie didn't necessarily have to survive exactly theatrically to you know um get its money back or have some kind of impact because uh we thought it was dead <laughs> <laughs> until people started doing the dialogue on the street in front of behind us and yeah in front of um and that's the first time I realized that something else was going on. So, I, at first, wasn't 
aware of of such of the connection that the movie had with so many people because I that was never my work experience. I had labor, you know, I had was a bartender, I painted houses, stuff like that, but I never worked in an office because I had no skill whatsoever to work in an office. But um, welcome to the club, by the way. Yeah. Uh, so the, yeah, um, uh, never had a, uh, a relationship with a cubicle until this movie. Okay. I had a actually had a relationship with a cubicle because I'd worked uh, temp uh, in New York when I was starving actor doing lots of lots of theater in New York. So I'd do temp jobs and go to offices, and they would set me up doing strange things uh, within mostly within cubicles or making cubicles. <laughs> or uh, typing. Uh, I, I remember one Christmas Eve, I had to type paychecks. Uh, everybody else was out partying. It was very Milton-esque. I was in, in the back of the room typing paychecks that I would get wrong, and people were eating cake and drinking uh, champagne in, in the front. So uh, I was a little aware of that world, yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. I mean, I think that, you know, a lot of people in the arts have at least like tempt, you know. I do love the idea of like there's a temp that has to come in and make the cubicles, like yeah. add cubicles in <laughs> yeah. and take cubicles away. Like that that in itself is like a um well yeah, like you're going from office to office, you're gonna you know put like someone got fired, you need to take down the cubicle, and then someone got hired, you need to put in a cubicle. <laughs> you gotta find out what 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 uh places are like you know cutting costs and what places are uh, booming based on you know like the, how many cubicles you're set to make at each place right 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 there was a great uh jill sprecher movie came out a couple years before this called clock watchers that had a was it tony collette yeah tony collette yes. parker posey's in it uh lisa kudros who i couldn't remember um we just really, 60 oh wow okay uh really great film not a comedy but like dark like darkly comedic but not a comedy but there, there just there wasn't a lot of windows into that world at the yeah, i think it's like, like this and the matrix probably the only ones i could think of <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah. right well yeah the well, most you would see would be like after hours where it's like you see the beginning yeah. and the end he's at back at the office right but you yeah. don't see anything about the office it's just like it's just a shorthand for like this dude's a straight straight yeah. dude. Yeah, I, mean, I mean i guess there's stuff like uh wall street or like um kind of i mean that's a very different world obviously exactly. like that's the yeah that's that's a well that's exciting though that's not yeah well think, but like what i'm saying is this is this is a this is a different uh part of the same financial sector in a way right like they're like the coding that they're mm -hmm. doing is for banking no software. it isn't i mean i think there's a closer and it isn't it really isn't there's a closer he's connection. doing he's doing the banking software like Randy so, talk he's the guy right. how about that right. huh? how about yeah. that you know i'm just saying that it, andrew brought up the, you know the matrix and i think you could draw a lot of comparisons you know i think like in the intro too of course you had like you know these came out right around the same time but it's that idea of like like you know we're calling red pill or blue pill you know this idea but if you just wake up and you realize like i don't have to give a shit about any of this stuff right. you know which is very much what happened in office space you know there's a, yeah, there's a parallel, hip pill. You know, yeah you just say like oh yeah it doesn't actually none of this matters and i can just walk right out of this office and go live a more ex exciting interesting life which i think was you know sort of the answer to what everybody was you know the the doldrums of of office existence and you know the the promise of steady work but you know unfulfilling work right. and i think that's yeah i don't know i, I just keep what I, I mentioned before we came in i was like out of college i graduated college in 2003 and i was ready to have my office space moments where i was like no i can't be this but i really felt like there was nothing about oh nine to five, oh, nine to five. yeah of course i didn't but, think I, you know. nine to five to be fair clock watchers is a movie 
Clock Watchers is a movie more people should know about, though. So I, I'd feel okay picking the more obscure yeah. one. But. but I couldn't find. Oh, anyway, I was just saying I couldn't really find an office job. It felt like there was some, you know, coming out of like an arts education. It was really like, oh yeah, no, I, I'm qualified for for shit. I was, you know, I was pushing around like carts and hotels and, you know, doing other well, weird meetings. Let me tell you, like a couple years older than you, was no prize. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, this off the, the office job or whatever, you know, it's so funny. Like I was waiting, nothing. But in the same kind of way, I was waiting for like John Hughes bullies and cheerleaders and sure, nerds sure. and you know football captains to happen. Like by the time that you know I was in high school in the '90s, there was none of that. Well, that didn't exist. Either. But it, and it goes back to uh, in the intro with like the book of like there being like these things where these jobs are considered prestigious. Like it's considered like if you go back to your family, oh, so and so's working at you know, Inatech. Yeah. It's like, oh wow, that sounds impressive. You know, without yeah. anybody knowing what it is you actually do. Oh no, I'm I'm the one that like takes the customer complaints down to the other guy, and that's like my job. <laughs> yeah, or like even even just kind of going through lines and lines and lines of code, like the the utter yeah. banality. Which was a real that, thing. Yeah. I was working not in like a, 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 a in a tech type job, but like that had a, it was a Y2K thing that like there were entire teams that were like, we need to go through and make sure we're Y2K compliant. And it was huge. It was a huge thing. Nothing the happened. What was that? Because <laughs> I remember um, uh, I, uh, I saw I went to a concert, uh, you know, uh, that New Year's and yeah. they actually had a non Y2K comp uh, compliant computer on stage. Like uh -huh. during the show, and so so when midnight happened, um, right. they quieted everybody down, went to the computer. They had yeah. their 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 computer expert Murray uh, check it out. Yeah, and it's like, oh, it's still working. <laughs> the whole point ready for fire of like Y two K was that people were like, well, nineteen ninety nine. What comes after that? Two thousand. Yeah. yeah, but. But they nobody nobody is thinking about it. the problem is when yeah. when programming was created, people weren't thinking that it was even going to be something that was going to be that these code bases would still be around then. The idea would be there'd be something new because the idea was you you created your own operating system. You, so that, like, obviously we wouldn't base everything off of this operating system that is literally QDOS, quick and dirty operating system. Later MS DOS, Microsoft DOS. It was not meant to be built as a foundational element for like all of the computing, and. Right. It's it's crazy that it worked out the way it was. I got paid triple time at my job just to be on there on the con where literally nothing happened. Then I took off and I uh, hooked up with a hot stylist. Thank you. So, when, when, well, when, hey, when, nice. I mean, you can see it even in like Windows <laughs> 95. Flair, so. <laughs> exactly. Like Windows 95, <laughs> Windows 98. Like, you know what I mean? Like uh, the, the two digit part of it, at least. Right. Like, yeah, not not being ready for the turn of the millennium. Um, and just assuming like, well, that's why they 90s. rushed out uh, Windows ME, right? That was the first one. It was like, oh, no, you can. No, we have a Windows that doesn't. It. It's OK. You can get this one. And it was a horrible <laughs> operating system. Yeah. Horrible. And I think it was called like Windows 2000. The first like Windows 2000 was Pro was the less horrendous, but also okay. OS. And yeah. Then, yeah. ME was like the, the sort of like one they tried to push. Millennium like edition is what that means, yes. by the way. Wow. Windows Millennium Edition. This is our first sort of glimpse at like you know tech dependency, which yeah. we wouldn't we would have no idea, you know, like the, the real breadth of what the internet would be at that point from '99 into 2000. That's just how how much more inundated and everything. Bloggers, else blogging yeah. was like personal computers. Was, yeah. yeah, blogging. Yeah, <laughs> that's and that's one of the reasons for us. I think you mentioned earlier about it being like many of the sources of this are all written, and that's just because that was. There wasn't a medium to do video easily. There wasn't a medium to do. I mean, if you want to do pot, you could do podcasting, but you had to basically know audio. You had to be a Randy Randall and have like a room full of like audio stuff all around you. Yeah, or like uh, have some kind of relationship with like a radio show. 
Yeah, oh, yeah, or right. exactly, or, or, or have a, uh, some existing infrastructure of some kind that you could utilize. But it's also interesting that they, you know, they bring up in that clip like the rise of DVDs. I, I worked at a video store in um, right, right during college, so in like in 2000, 2001. Um, I was at the video store after you know 9 11. You know, I feel like it's just that big thing we, we put on Die Hard, it was not, it was not well uh, accepted. It was, it was funny <laughs> for us, uh. for us but the um. Wow. But but the idea of video stores, you know, I mean, like I said, like this was the time when if your if your movie bombed at the at the theatrical, you know, yeah. p- point, you could make up your money in DVD sales and rentals and stuff. And again, now that just doesn't, you know, with all of the stuff going on with the strikes and streamers and all this stuff now, like there's no the the DVD sales, or we all know this, but I mean, but if you think about it, like what it meant for a, a small independent movie like this to kind of really gain a cult following and for people to write about it, they weren't no one saw this in the theater. None of us saw it in the movie theater. I didn't even I didn't you even know. know it existed until yeah. it hit the video so, store. Exactly. So this is this is because of the memes. Sport. Yeah. yeah, but now as but now as like streaming, I just also think you know like like all of physical medium brick brick and mortar places, like you would used to have to go into places and talk to people, and you would have people that were right. knowledgeable that worked there and would say, "Hey, check out this record, check out this movie," and that's you know the the whole culture of of our now only streaming thing is you know with that the the curatorial or like this thing. It's the know, algorithm it's now, and yeah. right. instead check of check this out, check this out. I'm like what? The which which is that? one of the reasons why I I like Letterbox. By the way, yeah. so in that in that same way that um. Yeah, for me, I worked at the record store, right? And I would be like the, the record record store guy, and and uh, yeah, yeah, without being record store the guy. same thing. Um, I would. Uh, I used to uh, love going into record stores where somebody like Conan would be working. And yeah, and be like, oh, be you like, like talking like, head. like hey, heard, no, I want to find like whatever. something local. Like I'm not from the yeah. city. I want to find something local that I not, I'm not going to hear otherwise. And right. and uh, I did that in New Orleans and was not disappointed. And you, so you get those personal recommendations. So in that same way, my. Uh, best friend and roommate worked at the video store. We worked at, at Tower Video. Tower. Yeah. I worked at Tower Records. He worked at Tower Video. Tower, everybody. MTS Incorporated. Uh, watch the. Uh, uh, You're having a comeback, I hear. Uh, was it not Colin? Is it Colin Hanks? Yeah, Who Colin made the Hanks. documentary? Colin yeah. Hanks. Yeah, it's pretty yeah, good. It's it's Decent. It's where I learned that Elton John was like a major like uh, shopaholic. Shopaholic. Yeah, he went on these like shopping sprees. Yeah, yeah that I remember because we had a movie gallery and a blockbuster. And like that was it. Like movie gallery was very, very local. Yeah. And that's when I was like, oh, because when I was younger, I watched a lot of boys Craven films, and I found out that he did like a few like vampire. Like I was like, oh wow, he did vampire, uh, vampire in Brooklyn. Like, he, and then I found Red Eye, and then I found the that other like lighthearted one that he did, and I was like, sure, sure. Of horror. So and and so in that same way, right. I had office space recommended to me by one of my trusted sources at the video store. And that's, and and I wasn't even aware it had been in theaters. Cause I just wasn't going to the theaters a lot. I was practically working at minimum wage. I didn't have any money to go to theaters, but I had a limited access to the videos because of my best friend and roommate who worked at tower to video. So I, yeah, yeah. I get the recommendations at like, you know, the cool video store that we would rent them for free at tower. Well, which is, which is why it's, it's kind of funny around the same time. I mean, a few years earlier, I guess, like Clerks came out and it, it feels like a very similar, um, you know, like the, the pointlessness of their, I mean, which it's obviously not a software company in that case. It's just literally working. At like, I don't appreciate your ruse, madam. <laughs> but, but literally, like, we could do like of, a whole like month of like films taking place in like a video rental store. Oh, yeah, sure. or well, record store. But it's like, but it's that same oh, kind of God. feeling of pointlessness Nobody. where it's like yes. any like <gasps> they could literally just replace. So predictable. You, they could literally just replace you, and anybody could work this job. And I oh, feel like yeah. these clerks, 
in yeah. clerks it's like you know you have you, you don't need any skills to work at quick right. check or whatever right like but no. in this, it's like it's one step above that where you could be a very talented uh software coder and do the fucking you know the know your um what do they call it? like the the something the quick bank software or whatever in this but yeah. you're still yeah. like a dime a dozen like even the fucking uh guy selling newspapers now is a former um yeah. your magazine descriptions now is like a former oh uh, right yeah, yeah. which which pokes a hole yeah, yeah. and learned to code years before like hillary clinton was yeah thing learned to code yeah, because well, everybody learns the code, then there's not enough coding jobs to go. Yeah, to. yeah, you got to be selling those magazines. Code the code. I, no, I like there are, if there's if there's a company that seriously needs its its employees, and I need it needs all the employees possible, it's Twitter. <laughs> X, you, I think yeah, you X. X. whatever it's called. Don't don't yeah. dead that name. New site. Everyone's <laughs> yeah, still on. Don't don't wow. don't dead name uh, Elon Musk company like. Elon Musk dead names his daughter. Come on now. No, we can't do that. But but I like okay, getting away from all of that. Uh, I, I like how uh, Samir's character, like he's using you know like whatever ten percent of his knowledge on his for for his actual job, and but he he's you know the one like hey I actually have a thing that you know we could do on here, and it just shows that like the creativity. And again, you got to remember this is pre social media age.com second.com age there was actually already a dot-com boom and bust people forget about that there was a dot-com era before the one that we know of and it was a bust they will Th this is when they came up pets.com you oh, know well, like yeah. web van anyone remember web van no me neither <laughs> uh, and uh so the but the idea was sort of like well if you're gonna be in technology you have to be at something serious but of course something serious is like you know, we're changing all these things from two characters to four. <laughs> and it's yeah. like a th hundred thousand lines of code. Yeah. So we have to like do this thing. These incredibly meet like meaningless things, but we're meant to be important because it's like, oh no, you're going to like, you have to wear a, you know, a, a dress shirt and you have to you know, like dress yeah. like a professional oh, to do this. Well, well, the, what is that? That style with the white collar and then, yeah. the, the, you know what I mean? Or the white cuffs, like in the, in the pink shirt. Yeah. I've but I mean, it took over everything in the cultural zeitgeist. Like if you watch uh, even like political right. campaign videos of like, you know, uh, the, the it always has like this jaunty kind of music and it's like, this is the 90s. The future is here now. Yeah. And it's like that same style of advertising for Silicon Valley at that time is the same advertising for political messaging is the same advertising for everything. It's like, the world wide web it, you know, there's so many possibilities and you know this is the future and we've kind of found the information superhighway and all and the stuff and... the suspenders like what was up with all the suspenders, the suspenders. Yeah, like yeah, like yeah. there this is a suspender heavy movie um, probably from yeah. suspenders.com frankly yeah. but but it, but it yeah. is important to note that there was a dot com bust and then basically as if it was a you know first iteration of software the, the oh, we could have bought x.com then god damn it <laughs> we really oh, could have uh the the next wave was basically uh future proofed in such a way that it wouldn't have those same problems in like they would fail in new and more sustainable ways uh but it, it is important to, i bring that up because it's been erased from history and man i was there <laughs> there was a bust yeah, it was huge. The only thing that never went down was Bay Area property prices. Those stayed the same. And it turns out with the Panama Papers, like, oh, that's because people are laundering money with them. Cool. Good to know. <laughs> well, you. and a lot of these places consolidated. <laughs> and that's where like the original iteration at this time, the original iteration of right. uh, Elon, Elon Musk and Peter Thiel's uh, combined. The, the, the original version of PayPal, which had no corollaries for checking any information of any kind. I want to just let that sit for a, for a minute. Right. That like 
you didn't even have to like have like a check to see if it was your bank account. Yeah. <laughs> I, I remember getting a PayPal account back then and just being like, wait, what the fuck? This can't yeah. be safe. But I had to get one because I was getting clients that needed to pay me that they, were across yeah. the country. And it just, right. it made sense. Uh, but yeah, but, that's how a lot of our customers are like, Do you and I'm like, I have them all, man. I got Venmo, Cash App, PayPal, whatever. Pick your poison. Well, now people, thing- now people carry around the actual square. And I think that's like very ironic that we're back to the actual uh, physical, like tangible physical thing where you have to carry around the actual yeah. uh, <laughs> like right. piece of fucking hardware. <laughs> but it is it is so crazy that uh, when you think about technological wise, like these financial systems, these like underpinnings, things that were used for banking, things that were used for four stocks and bonds, things that were they're used for. I, I remember Bloomberg made his money off of the Bloomberg terminal, which is something that like would be completely not important in any way shape or form had app-based web technology and mobile technology uh, not come along to where it is now he would never have been a billionaire in the first place it was literally just like here's a feed that's on like the screen that you get it like you know nanoseconds faster and if you're in stock trading that means that you have a, uh, a lead up on the next guy but all of these systems that were considered these like, ironclad institutions they were dependent on the software in such a way that they until the Y2K scare, it wasn't widely known of like how much of, of just like the foundation was like in an unsteady place. And so therefore, when we're talking about all these bullshit jobs and stuff, yeah, a lot of them are bullshit, especially uh, bullshit, especially when you're making cubicles for more temp workers to make more cubicles to make more temp workers like it is or money. But but it's but again, you're talking about places that they have all the resources in the world to just throw at it. And yeah. The, and, and then the mindset is I will just throw people at this problem and that will solve it. Well, and in, in the nineties, the, the kind of um, maybe not scary thing, I guess it's uh, in some ways it's xenophobic to say the scary thing, but like the insecure thing, it feels like one of them is that all of these jobs started uh, being outsourced to either like, you know, China, Singapore. Thank uh, you. NAFTA. And in, in India actually. The other, yeah. Well, but the, remember, the thing is, it, well, India it opened meant, up in the 90s uh, because it was a uh, part of the Soviet bloc. And it created a middle class in India where before it was completely stratified that there was only the haves and the have nots and be mm-hmm. either abject poverty or are very rich. It did actually create a middle class with India, which nobody who I am, I am a, a into fair trade, not free trade. Right. But most of the people on my side fail to acknowledge the fact that look, there's winners and losers. So if we were ever to be in a situation where we enacted fair trade agreements throughout the world, yeah, that that Indian middle class would completely collapse because it's built on a house of cards. Like it's not built on anything sustainable. It's built on these um, uh, these ineffectual middle management systems that nobody actually wants to engage with and nobody actually wants to deal with. So since that shouldn't exist in that same way, if we had uh, any kind of a universal healthcare system, sure, a ton of people would be out of jobs. You know why? Their job is denying claims. They're denying yeah. care to people and those jobs shouldn't exist. And nobody's ever willing to say that. Well, another, another job, I mean, that's literally Thank in you. this movie is, <laughs> you know, the, the woman that's answered the phone, like corporate accounts, need speaking. Yeah, that's like, a job. That yeah. that's, that's a job, but that is one of the types of jobs that got number one, either outsourced to yep. Singapore, outsourced to India, China, Bangladesh, like all these different countries or uh, given to prisoners which a lot of the time, you know, sure. that's another like, kind of outsourcing. You're right. Yeah. And it was sold to the American public as no, this is good. Cause you won't have to do these BS jobs anymore. You'll be free to do like cooler stuff, which 
<laughs> Which they ended up just How creating that more. Yeah. They ended yeah. up creating Who was more. working at McDonald's? Yeah. They ended up creating uh, it's more, the ice cream machine. Uh, machine always broken. Well, they ended up creating more different kinds of bullshit jobs. It's different kinds of BS jobs. jobs. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. And then be, because the political system is fully based on somebody like Biden coming out and saying, we've created, you know, 400,000 jobs this year. And what jobs? What Are they useful or are they going to be replaced by robots and AI? Yeah, driving Biden, Biden, Biden counting up OnlyFans girls. He's like, we've, we've, created, we've created so many for the jobs numbers. Here's, here's the problem with that, though, is that, you know, there's so many dudes out there who want to create AI porn. I'm like, but there's real human women, females who make porn for you to indulge in. Why do you need it to be fake? I'm not going anywhere near this, by the yeah. way. There's, there's no way I'm going to engage with this topic. I'm good. No. Hey, just it's not going to end up well. It goes back to Barbie. It just goes all back to Barbie because fake, fake AI women, you know, can we'll fake, do a, fake AI you know. women. They're not sending us our best. <laughs> I mean, I, I mean, it, it, I mean, it, especially with office shops, like those are easily going to be replaced before you know it. <laughs> oh, oh, oh. For the podcast <laughs> listeners, Forrest just changed his user icon to the guy with the O face. Oh my god! Whatever happened to him? Did he go what on to do anything right else? Guy. Yeah. 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 O face guy from Office Space. Let's see. <laughs> right? I know. But yeah, I just I just feel like you know you know all these people complain about oh you can't be work from home you can't be doing all this from home it doesn't matter you're gonna replace us with with machines and robots and shit like assimilation like what, 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 like I'm just saying like we know what's gonna happen so stop bitching about us being at home working that's right and I, I say that as a person who cleans houses for a living. Oh. I, I was gonna say have a great night everybody. <laughs> I mean, but also. Well, Randy, I don't know how you feel about yeah. this, but like with music, like, yeah, you can make AI music, but it's never going to come. It's never going to be able to innovate with something that like some knucklehead like us is going to be. Able to Speaking of AI music. Out, you know? Yeah. Speaking of AI music, someone has created the ultimate Barbenheimer mashup of Oppenheimer singing Barbie Girl. It's not Killian Murphy's Oppenheimer. It's actually J. Robert Oppenheimer's voice oh, wow. singing wow. Barbie Girl by Aqua. That's important. We we, we, we don't do we that. don't have flying cars or a universal healthcare system, but, that <laughs> but we got that. We got AI yeah. covers. Great. Yeah. So so uh, the the O face guy has just become like that guy actor. And oh that's yeah, that guy. Um, I know that guy. Yeah, he's just yeah. like uh you know uh shows up on an episode of Martin Family or uh uh Coyote Ugly. He's in Coyote Ugly. Oh, wow. Okay. Uh, idiocracy um oh, but, yeah, but like like good. small parts and and movies and tv shows just, just... which is why everyone's on strike because that's the average actor or actress right. yeah they're or that actor commentator kt yeah exactly. I'm, so, I'm so glad that Show your strike won. face yeah strike <laughs> strike <laughs> well, just because I'm so glad Michael Bolton ended up directing Garden State. Like That's he did really well. He went on to Scrubs, and he did he did such a great job, right? right? And, and I love his song about Captain Jack Sparrow. This is right, the yeah. turns out Michael Bolton's a major cinephile. Michael Bolton, come on the show. <laughs> By the way, one of my favorite one of my favorite lines. Why should I change my name? He's the one who sucks. Yeah. I literally have a cousin named Michael Bolton. No. There was that. There was that. Yeah, and that, that and that's that's up the the meeting with the Bobs where where he's like, 
well, you must be a huge fan. And I was like, yeah. Oh. I, like I, I celebrate his whole catalog. Yeah. I say that constantly. Whenever I don't like the band, I don't know. Like The, the oh, thing is, too, is like people are like that, too. Because I remember working and uh, somebody walked into uh, the radio shack I was working at. There's this uh, dude named TJ I was working with. And, um, uh, you know, he's black, which is important because the person goes up and goes, oh, you must be a big uh, Thomas Jefferson fan, TJ. What does that mean? What of, the hell? Wow. Same initials as Thomas Jefferson. Oh, that wasn't where I was going. Oh. With it. I was going with that too, Conan. <laughs> you must you must be a relative. And he told me that. I'm just like, oh. <laughs> that's what I would think. That's exactly where I was going. <laughs> um, oh man, we're going to hell. <laughs> but then what's and then what? Why, what's our main character's name? Why am I why am I spacing on his name? Ron Livingston's character. Ron Livingston. Yeah, um, exactly. I Peter. What? It's, Peter. It's, Peter. Peter. Yeah. Peter. But yeah, Ron Livingston. He's got on. Hey, Peter. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Ron, yeah. Peter. I always wanted him to be in more movies. I was always like he'd pop up here and there. He was in. Uh, he was in Boardwalk Empire. Okay. Yeah. It's he showed like up in something more... somewhat recently, and I was like, "Oh, it's see another that Flash. Flash. He was in the Flash. He was in the Flash. Uh, okay. okay. Oh yeah. The yeah, other thing, was, the other uh, thing that he was in, he was, he was very show me the money. Show me the money. What's that guy name? What's that? Movie? Show <laughs> uh, me the money. Cuba Gooding Jr. Donnie Brasco. Why don't you Simpson? Jerry Maguire. Jerry Maguire. I think it's two names. Donnie Brasco. He was in that. He was in that Band of Brothers show that everybody likes. Oh, Band of Brothers is great. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. Everyone likes that because it's good, guy. Forrest. Next. Sorry. <laughs> I I mean I, I, I was at a I was at a bad place when I watched that. So you, I'm not you gonna... should you should rewatch it. It's yeah. It's, good. it's one of the better American war things, I would say. Because it's not really a movie, it's a miniseries, but yeah. Think of that what you will. I think. Anyway, and has anybody ever made the jump to conclusions board game? <laughs> jump um, to, to conclusions. conclusions. Yeah. <laughs> it's one of those great bad ideas. You know, I can see that doing really well, like yeah. someone on Etsy. You have your your very own like. I imagine there has to be a whole kind of like third party market of yeah. Like, some there has of this, to the, be like all the, the products. Line? Yeah, yeah. Is it still there? Well, look at all the Barbie dolls that are now like out and costing like two hundred dollars now, and I'm like, great. Mattel's gonna be. It's like you know all the board games that are you know that were like live action like Battleship and all that, well, and I'm like, yeah, they're, they're make they're making weird Barbies like that out of the box, right? Rather than just like, do you remember when? Well, Andy, you probably don't. Besides me, I remember it when like Legos, like, hey, make the thing that's on the box. It's like, hey, kid, here's a big box full of bricks. Make something. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah no, I, I you like those yeah, big they blocks to, to play and make stuff. No, they used to, it used to be a bucket. They'd give you a yeah, you got, you got a yeah, big bucket, bucket yeah. just full, and like you just got to do whatever with rather than be like, make the Death Star. Okay, yeah. that's well, cool. Now, now they're but... model kits. You know, yeah, yeah but what are you going to do afterwards? Like, what are you going to do with all those Legos afterwards? Like, you made the Death Star. Cool. I guess you just look at it. Oh, it I, I have yeah. bins and bins under my kids' beds. I oh, can show you. Yeah, they just they live in. I have hundreds of thousands of just random pieces because kids only have a, have a model, you know, for about 60 minutes yeah. 16 minutes maybe and then there are lego pieces everywhere and you yeah. and you're just like well kids you gotta have to vacuum this shit up I don't and, and then it's a caltrop which by the way are the things that ninja use uh to uh yeah. injure people's feet well that's yeah that's when we, uh, us parents have to buy uh, adidas sliders right. to walk through our own house because just because the whole thing has become a minefield of yeah. shards of plastic <laughs> everywhere it's amazing i've story I, of my life I have to really, I have to say that this movie, I think, is, has been one of my favorite movies for so long. It was really like one of the most influential 
films. You know, I love Star Wars. I love all the, the other big films you're supposed to love, but I really felt like Office Space was like my generation's movie. And I don't really know if I fall, I, I fall into the, in between that Gen X, like late Gen X, early millennial kind of thing. In no, there. So same. I don't know if it like, I really just, but I mean, for someone, I graduated high school in 99 and then went into college and I just felt like Office Space was the like, the cautionary tale of the, the world I did not want to inhabit. So I really took it to heart and I've like, you know, just, it, it, it was, it was humorous, but I felt like it was also, I was also like someone from the future coming back and saying, don't let this happen to you. Right. Like your yeah, life could be like, better than like this. That's be another connection it has with clerks. Yeah. Like a couple of years before that clerks is like yeah. the cautionary, like, Hey, maybe don't. So it's like, I guess you're going up uh, in, in, in rank. It's like, well, you know, you probably don't want to get stuck working at a fucking deli. And it's like, Oh, well, you probably don't want to get stuck working at in attack either. That, that's kind of like why I liked that one movie called Watching the Detectives with Kelly Murphy and Lucy Liu. He, he's like a store, like a like a film noir, like store, a video store owner. And she's like this kooky, like silly little femme fatale that like makes his life exciting. I'm like, imagine you work at a video store and like nothing exciting happens in your life. Because that's literally the average person who worked at a video store. Because yeah, I oh, don't yeah. need to imagine it. Yeah, it's what yeah. I, I know. Well, I mean, Faye Dunaway that, would come in every once in a while. That goes back to something. Wow, really? Yeah, mm-hmm. Faye, Dun- um, Faye Dunaway double parked her car on a major street in, in LA on La Brea. And she awesome. came in and needed a movie right away and wasn't going to wait in line. I'm double parked. Well, I'm on like, I recommend Mommy Dearest. Oh, my God. I, I actually had to deliver <clears throat> I had to deliver a movie to Faye Dunaway because I didn't live. So pri- I, fortunately, I didn't live that far away from her. I rode my bike to her house and her, 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 the, the, the gate had a big F uh, and, and a big D like in the front of it. So I had to open that and get buzzed in. had those in cartoons. No, yeah, Faye Dunaway had one of those. And it wow. was a big house. Typical Faye Dunaway. No matter, no wonder oh, Betty Davis hated her guts. She was amazing. She was what, what movie was it? I can't remember. That'd be so much better oh, if I can remember what man. it was, but it was just. It was I would love it if it was like, like, like Green Ace of the Condor. Right? Yeah. If cool. it was like Ghoulies or something, like just something really yeah. like, what? <laughs> Everybody would come in to research film. We were the kind of the cool artsy thing it was called Waxwork Rock, too. Rocket what? Video, and we were right in Hollywood. <laughs> And so we would have like celebrities come in and rent yeah. things for research, you know, because it was pre YouTube or pre streamers. Right. Sure. You know, if, you, yeah. if you needed some weird art house films, chances are we had it. Gremlins three. You like pull up. Yeah, there we go. Can you bring like Gremlins three? Yeah. Like. Oh, it was, <laughs> yeah, it was. It was really fun though, because I really and we and I got to have one of those like staff picks. Sort There's of only thing. two like, Gremlins, by the way. Yeah. I'm sorry. I, I was like, all right. I'm, I'm, I, I thought that was. A, I thought like a sequel. Sequel. But they're making. They are making a third one, apparently. The, the and TV they did the prequel launching. series. Yeah, that's, yeah. Pro- that's probably why that came into my head. Like yeah. the, <laughs> that as a as a. There is a prequel series. It's a cartoon. It's on HBO Max. It's really good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Have you seen Joe Dante talk about um, Baby Yoda? And um, yeah. and uh, Gizmo next to each other. It's like they just so they shaved them. Yeah, it's, it's the same. It's Very the same true. shape. Yeah, everything. But, uh, yeah. yeah, but getting getting back to the movie, I think you bring up an important point because it's definitely hit me like right. I mean, I've seen this movie so many times. One of my favorite times to watch it though was with my dad, who although mm-hmm. he's like a, a like he went to school like Dartmouth and stuff and got a degree and everything. Uh, he was a black sheep of the family because he was a laborer. He went into the trades. He went into first he was a union carpenter, then he was a lifelong union electrician. And my dad loves this movie, and I saw it with him. And like especially this, especially the scene where he's like, "Anyone ever ask you if you had a case of the Mondays?" So like, no. No, man. You get your ass kicked back, something like that. My dad, I've never heard my dad laugh as long and aloud at something as he did that. It was like he was. It was it was very it was very oh, nice. Yeah. So yeah. it was a nice uh, shared moment that like bridges a generational. Because sometimes I'd be like, look, I think this is hilarious. Am my dad gonna like this? I don't know, but like Office Space, uh, it worked. Office Space worked. How great is Dietrich Batter? 
in that role. I mean, he's, he's so he's, good. He's the Drew Carey guy, and it was the voice. I of, did not uh, realize Batman. for years that it was him. I just, oh, I just so like, good. I, and then it was like, oh, this guy's like, he's a that guy, but in like in a good way. Yeah. You know? Oh, I love him. Yeah. Yeah. Wasn't he also in uh, whose line is it anyways? The American version? No, I don't think he did was that. He? Well, Drew Carey hosted it. I don't think. He oh, was like as one otherwise. of the panelists? You mean? Yeah, I think so. Did, didn't oh. he do that briefly? Oh, I don't know. I missed that one. He, was, uh, he does do it. the voice of Batman, though. Now that's like he was, his main he was, thing he was in the he was in that show uh, Better Things, the one that is the Pamela Alden uh, uh, show. Yeah, yeah. And You've never seen that. Is that any good? Yeah, I, I like it. I like I her. I, mean, I think she's very talented. It, it's yeah. I mean, I think it's pretty good. It was the girl that um, is the girl from fucking uh the Once Upon a Time in Hollywood that uh is one of the Charles Manson person that that shrieks oh. and he sets her on fire. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know He's like Pamela Alden's there. daughter that is like a oh, nice. fucking moron. <laughs> like literally just her dumb daughter. Like she has a smart daughter and a dumb daughter. I had I had this realization years ago, like oh, I was going through a Vincent Price phase, as people do. And I realized that Dietrich mm-hmm. Batter could totally play Vincent Price, like a young Vincent Price. Oh, yeah. They have the same kind of head shape. You know what I mean? There's a little bit of gray in the in the temples, and 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 then if he could do the impersonation, I don't know if he does voices, but maybe he does. Well, I saw uh, recently. Well, he does Batman, so probably could. So yeah, yeah he could he so. could he could do a great <laughs> Vincent Price. I right? saw a Vincent couple Price biopic would be amazing. Like it's it's kind of wild because I saw a couple movies where he was like on the younger side. I can't really say young because I was like, oh, he's like my age when he did this movie, but he <laughs> looks so different as a young dude. But it's still him. And it's like, oh, yeah, before this dude was known as that guy, he was in like roles and like working as an actor for like years and years and years. And then he just became known for like the thing that, you know, the the... I was thinking was Drew Carey guy. Right. Was that not? He he was on the Zeta project. Remember that? Yeah. It was the spinoff from Batman Beyond. Oh, as a voice. Yeah, he was Zeta. Oh, okay. He he was the robot. uh, The Yeah. This it, is it, classic after uh, party material. Yeah, <laughs> no, deep, deep cut. Uh, like, oh shit! Like, that's cool. We're, we're going so far to see. I think we're losing sight of land, frankly. But uh, <laughs> Christina, when do you see this movie? When do you, when do you see Office Space? Mm, probably. I was obviously someone who grew up watching the Brady Bunch movie. And I thought, you know, Gary Cole, Shelley Long did a phenomenal job. You know, portraying you know basically Flores Henderson and. And you know, like Mike Reed's, you know, uh, Robert, yeah, what's his name? I forgot what his name was. Robert Reed. Like, yeah, yeah, Robert, yeah. And uh, of course, I saw the meme. Like, I kept seeing the meme pop up. Mm-hmm. And uh, I was like, is this from a movie with Mike Brady from the Brady Bunch movie? And so I, they're like, someone's like, yeah, it was Office Space. I'm like, oh, so it's like The Office. They're like, no, it's actually better than The Office. I was like, okay, cool. And I watched it. I was like, oh, yeah, this is, this movie's great. Yeah, people really like that. That would be great meme. People really <laughs> well, people like that. Because it had to be like spoken into existence before, uh, you know, like it, 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 it was so perfect. Why do you think I have this down here? Like, but, it, but it's yeah. taking on, but it's taking on like a, a light, like, you know, like the concerned Wonka kind of thing where he's like, yeah, yeah, it, it's become like, like a catch all. Yeah. Like, because everybody like, can hear it in their head when they see it. You know? Boomer, it, boomers yeah. love posting it and like, uh, like adding <laughs> yeah. stuff that has nothing to do with the context of the movie at all. Like, yeah. <laughs> It's like, like if, you kid, if you kids could just you know pick yourself up by the bootstraps, that would be great. I'm like, that's not what that's that's the, you're killing the meme here. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Peak boomer memes. The other the other one that, that's taken off is uh, Michael Bolton, and it's uh, when when the the girl goes by in slow motion, and they're doing the fucking um, which we haven't talked about the, the crime part about this enough. I feel like, but uh, 
but no when, when they're doing that little movie. when they're doing that little um montage and uh she goes by and you see her in slow motion go um michael bolton or whatever point at her and yeah. you go yeah <laughs> that that's so people people love like adding that to any kind of gross fucking thing people put out there <laughs> well i think we should talk about the crime part because we mentioned the the well we talked about the the, the fractional pennies and it, it being like that turned into a whole thing about actual fractional pennies and basically financial malfeasance on a grander scale having to do with web 2.0 but it is again. I'm gonna gonna say it again. It's so perfect that Milton ends up with the money because again, he's the only one that really is blameless here. Other than, again, other than being a weird little dude, like he's the one that is like well, constantly and, shat upon. Yeah. Well, he does burn the building down there. He does. He is an arsonist. Can you blame him? Just, I would just, yeah. yeah. He has good, he good motivation. He has like, like he, he threatened it the entire time. Like, like he, he was just, not he following was, yeah. Yeah. about it. He's going to do it. Yeah. yeah. They just didn't believe him because, but it's like, well, no, it's listen to him. Yeah. Which is, which is the first line that they say in, um, like in, in the cartoon version of it or whatever, his original animation every single time he was, he was like, uh, he was like, he was like, I, I, I could, I could burn, I could set the building on fire. <laughs> that rocks. Return of the Jedi was on uh, cable the other night. And then oh. I, I, I saw that and I was like, God, Lisa Scrum's such a weird character. Oh yeah. <laughs> but i i like i like the uh the part about milton getting away in the end that he's like a perfect per, perpetually dissatisfied character right like he yeah. gets there and immediately the fucking like mexicans or whatever at the resort that are like you know putting around the drinks they it's fuck him over stuff. and give yeah. him the wrong drink completely and well, that's like, why it's so perfect because yeah. it doesn't because <laughs> it he, he like he it he hasn't changed yeah, as a person at all, like nothing about him has changed. He now has the resources and the money. It hasn't changed. He hasn't given him respect. Haven't given him agency. Is this in a different? I don't get no respect. No respect at all. Yeah. But but now he can find a new pair of squirrels to watch that are married. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they'll speak Spanish. <laughs> He's so much more feisty and fiery. Um, they'll have mustaches. They'll have big the fucking little sombreros. Uh, strict nine and the fucking guacamole. Like as the yeah, credits yeah, roll, yeah, he's like, yeah, he's yeah. like, I, I could, I could take my traveler's checks to go to another. I could, I could put strict nine in the guacamole. It was like the last thing you, serial killer. you hear. We need the sequel. What would the yeah, sequel be? Exactly. Well, I have a question for everybody. Has anyone here been hypnotized? That was a huge plot point in this it movie, is, I, which I forgot about. No yeah. way. I don't trust any. Uh, this one, the I was in love with my psychology professor because he was so chill. But even I would I not let him hypnotize me. So no, no, no hypnotism. I've never been hypnotized. No, no, no. I, and then but my mom cleaned for a guy, another psychologist, and her co-worker used to like fuck him when they would like clean the house. And he offered to hypnotize them to quit smoking. She and my mom was like, I don't trust this guy. And no, 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 no. You're yeah, getting very like sleepy. You want to fuck me when, when I'm cleaning the house? I know. Oh. It's <laughs> not a going on. I don't know. I have no idea. <laughs> Yeah, I, mean, I, I like I like that though. Like the the guy immediately dies as he's counting down, and right. they acknowledge that like it could just be the shock of uh, seeing the guy die in front of him, and yeah. you know like being in that moment and kind of being in denial while this kind of um this treatment I guess is taking place. But it could also like I like that they kind of leave that that part of it open ended where he's like, look, I I might just be in shock and it might be wearing off now, but like. We should, or it might just be in a permanently relaxed state, which is why yeah. he's suddenly middle management material because he gives exactly zero fucks about anything. 
Yeah, which is, like, is wild because like... they, they stole that bit from In Living Color. If you remember, there was a there was an early In Living Color episode where uh, uh, Jim Carrey gets hypnotized into be a chicken, and David Allen Greer dies and can't undo it. So oh, so uh, you see him like a year later, and Jim oh, wow. Carrey's like a homeless person. He's like, "What would you like to eat?" And he's like, "It's like finally, I, I can order something." And he's at this burger place. And just goes burger. <laughs> oh god. <laughs> There you go. Like, there's an in living color bit uh, reenact yes. for you on this show. There we go. Find another movie show that will do that for you. <laughs> yes. If you could just uh, turn on in living color, that that would be great. Yeah, no. The best part though is whenever the the, the waitress goes, I don't understand. Could you just write it down? Doubling you telling us more Jim about Carrey's it. Jim okay? uh, thought process. He goes, writing it down. I never thought about that. There you go. There you go. Yeah, all right, moving go. on. Uh, printer scene, amazing, right? Can we all agree? Like, first yeah. of all, great needle drop for it. Uh, and again, if you've ever had the deal, and again, I, I back up in your ass, it's the resurrection. <laughs> it's amazing. <laughs> like, like the, the have. Oh, thank God, thank God there's a clip. Uh, yeah, it, it's 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 perfect. And again, you, I don't think people that work in offices today have maybe have the same level of. Um, Sure. I mean, there's still tech that I mean, like there is know, still hardware. malfunctioning tech that like they're too cheap to replace, or maybe they bought it cheap and it's always screwed yeah. up. You know? Or it's or it's just symbolic of the, the fact that it's a printer doesn't really matter so much as the fact it's intrinsic to the job. And I mean, people still being a fax. Like there's still like you know what I mean. Like everybody hates fax machines, and I feel like offices do still fax stuff in and out. Like which kind of I mean, now that it's kind of a uh, old tech that you don't need at all. And offices still do it. It kind of serves a similar function, I feel like. I think we also just live in an age of fast tech now, too, where you just go on to Amazon and just buy another one. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, I feel like yeah. that's the kind of stuff where, like, the the amount of putting up with, like, bad tech. You wouldn't like, have to. And it's all cheap, yeah. and it's all just made, and it's almost that's made true. to be destroyed every six months. You know, but back then, there was a real, like, kind of reverence for, like, this piece of technology. Like, the VCR, you got to program the, the numbers, and it's so important. This is an important thing versus, like, oh, just put tape over. You know what I mean? the Or hack culture of this kind of yeah, thing. Yeah, like, they, they were like, oh, if we just build this stuff crappier, they'll have to buy more. Yeah. Exactly. Well, we're in the, I mean, it's no, planned no, obsolescence, no, right? Like, yeah, we're, in, yeah. we're in the era of uh where yeah, that's literally matters. what he says planned obsolescence but yeah right but it's yeah but there's no jobs also for repairmen there's no repair people anymore right because right? you don't because people just buy a new one yeah so that's another good point that i think it's i think it hammers home the same apparently way. someone must be celebrating the trump indictment because i hear fireworks going off <laughs> <laughs> will it do anything It'll it'll boost his poll numbers. <laughs> I was like, why, 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 what, what is today? The, the other day, he, the other day, he literally did the meme where he was standing in front of a crowd and he goes, "They're not indicting me. They're indicting you. I'm just oh. in the way." <laughs> Can we reset with this, please, please, okay, please. Watch this. Thank you. Let's speak of the whatever I think there really is a release during that that scene for everyone. That you know, it's just like everybody knows that inanimate object that has like become so real and so so much the the object of hatred. Mobsters have come up to me and said, "You know, I love the way you did the printer. You know, it was very authentic." We had a um, we had a, a guy there. I remember who was like, you know, a tough stunt guy. You know, he's like, "Yeah, don't don't don't, don't touch your friends with your hands. Use the bat to move them out of the way." Finally, I'm going to say. <laughs> 
It's so good. It's so good. It's so good. Yeah. Like there's, there's no, whatever people's thoughts are in the movie that that is a perfect scene. Yeah. That's a reason why Madonna wanted to better. bang him. Wanted better. to bang Michael Bolton after she saw this movie. Right. Oh, wow. <laughs> you can see it. He's passionate. <laughs> How good did he look in that clip too? He looked like the Big Lebowski. You had the, you had the scruff. Yeah, on yeah, yeah. Was, I get it. Surprising. I get it. No. Yeah. And, yeah. It, and it's so like what he does. Like what he does. What's the kick? He does like the drop kick. Oh, it's so it's. I like I like that they have to pull they have to hold him back too like yeah, he's, yeah, yeah. he's exactly. just becoming too emotional from the release of finally like breaking down that printer like finally he's getting a this. chance to take out his anger on the printer itself. Yep. Yeah, <laughs> it's pretty great. It's like the yeah the, the equivalent of like throwing the cell like you know Ben Affleck throwing a cell phone or something. You right. know what I mean, I think do people well, yeah is there something that people would still like take out their aggression on? What would what what piece of equipment would would each of you destroy? If you had to, I mean, I've destroyed multiple phones, cell phones. Yeah, I think yeah. Phones probably oh. the, the main thing. I've I've destroyed them on accident and I've dropped them. I've never. I've 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 taken I've taken my phone thinking that I had the. Uh, I mean, I have Otter boxes every time, and yeah, I yeah. assume the Otter box is going to work if I've thrown it at the wall and it. Oh, bam! Yeah, yeah. It, but it sucks. That it's like that's like what it's got to be now. But that's also because like there aren't these physical machines that are you're going to have that level of frustration with because it is very cathartic scene. This is the reason why it works is because again, it's the printer is set up low grade as the villain, right? Like it's causing, he's the mini boss before the big (laughs) boss, right? Yeah. It's like, you got to get through him first. Yes, absolutely. KT said, do you think this Skynet remember this conversation? (laughs) Oh God. God. Wait until Skynet finds out about the uh, fax machine we had in my uh, college dorm room. Um, We gutted it and uh, used it to hide beer which worked out real well because we got busted for being underage with beer, but they couldn't find it because we had it inside the fax machine. Oh, genius. Were they ever like, why do these kids have a fax machine? Who's faxing? <laughs> it was a working <laughs> phone, too. That's the best part. The phone still worked on it. So, uh, so okay. we just used the phone port. And, uh, but we just had this fax machine sitting in our room. That's amazing. Like, like a fax like cooler or something. You know, you can almost insulate it. Uh, it's yeah, like, it's like cold, a yeah. Jurassic Park with the Barbasol can yeah. that has the embryos, <laughs> yeah. you know, I'm just... Except yeah, except alcohol, it was a fax machine without the hall. Yes. Oh, That's huh. incredible. Fit a six yeah, pack also, in there. I think the phone thing, too, is like with the cradle phones, you used to be able to like hang them up violently. You yeah, you'd be like, shove it on the wall. Well, yeah. it's like the, the scene with uh, Robert yes. Robert De Niro. It's like the scene with Robert De Niro finding out the fucking Joe Pesci died in Goodfellas, where he's like, yeah. Yeah. Just hitting the phone on the fucking yeah. like. Yeah. <laughs> you else with the phone. You can take That's the phone. They whacked him. They fucking whacked him. Yeah. Yeah, and and, and uh, yeah, I guess there isn't that level of catharsis to like pushing a soft button, you know. It doesn't work that well. <laughs> You're gently touching your glass screen. <laughs> yeah. What do you think? What do you think these characters all went on to do? Like the day after this, the film ends. Do you think? Do, Ooh, do they go question. on? Does um, is Peter and uh, Jennifer Aniston? Do they have? Do they have kids? And he's a contractor now. He owns his own. His own, uh, he seems to business. be genuinely happy doing physical labor. So I, I imagine, yeah. like, which comes from Mike Judge's own experience, like imagining what it would be like to be a car mechanic. Yeah, it's amazing. 
It's like, but I can't quite tell. Is he? He's just cleaning up the aftermath, right? Just the, he's cleaning up the the burnt building. I, yeah, he's doing like that's yeah. his construction job is just now like. But I think he probably you know, like leans into each. some kind of physical trade, and and then Michael Bolton for sure just like went to the next thing and like. I wonder which one. To go to the next thing after that. And after yeah. that. I wonder which what which one to decide that their job was just going to be beach. Beach, yes. <laughs> it's one of beach. It's a teaser, everybody. Yeah. Uh, but I think that it's, you know, like, I, I, I think that other than Peter's character, nobody, really, the, nobody really changes. Yeah. And well, Milton, obviously, but everything else, I think they just move on to like yeah. another company that sounds exactly the same as the last one doing the same stuff. Milton somehow is like a, a, an arms dealer in Nicaragua. <laughs> Like just he's just got, or, or he's like an assassin. He's like a deepest like John Wick level assassin. Where like Milton is just, but going it's still around. just as awkward. Yeah, just put it, I, 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 I'm gonna take the and, samurai sword and and, 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 and um, disembowel you. Uh, whatever, just, dude. Oh, you did. Oh no. Hey, I've reached. That'd be the next John Wick. John Wick yeah. versus Milton. Like, yeah, hey, except hey, he has hey. like a stapler, so like his main weapon. Yes. Keanu Reeves would like punch him and he'd like put like five staples in his arm really quick. He's like, like nunchucks. Like, whoosh out, whoosh out. <laughs> I can Amazing. tell you that O-Face guy definitely like uh, got in or, or, got in early on the uh, Web 2.0 porn business for sure. I guarantee oh, yeah. you. He's probably the only one that made it out because mm. he's the most extra character of the whole thing. <laughs> does does this movie well, pass the Bechdel oh, test? Oh, Speaking of like the women, right? Like, Do the women ever talk about anything other than men or anything else going on in, in the film mm. i'm trying to think like the jennifer aniston character she's kind of really sort of she's just a, really sh shallowly written isn't she right that that well that's that was a critique of, of my she likes well doesn't she time. like something she likes uh kung fu movies or he likes the kung fu he movies. likes kung fu movies she, she watches like she it. watches it with him yeah yeah, yeah. okay She's kind of like, Everybody uh, was kung fu fighting yeah. she gets her big moment where she you know tells off mike judge as her boss, but that's I mean, right. The big, yeah, the big. We know she what she doesn't like, which is flair. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> likes kung fu. Yeah. Does not like just like flair. Yeah, there was that um, skateboard company uh, Lakai that their 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 film their skate film is called Beware of the Flair. Oh wow! I'm assuming it's coming from this, you know, you office space. Uh, we'll get our top researchers on that too. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, shall we do the letterbox one winners? Yeah. So, 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 speaking of Web 2.0, uh, Letterboxd is a social media site for film, for film lovers to talk at with and to each other about the films they love, maybe the films that they didn't love, the films that they wanted to speak quotes from back and forth to each other forever and ever. <laughs> uh, and, of course, it isn't just the Siskels and Eberts of the world to get to uh, opine. Everybody gets to have their say. It's a bottom-up democracy. And people do. And it is best expressed for the purposes of this bit very succinctly. Uh, these are the letterbox one-liners for Office Space. Let's go. Boss makes a dollar, I make a dime. That's why I commit arson on company time. Hell yeah. <laughs> <laughs> pretty good. I mean, he said he was going to do it. He was pretty yeah. pretty clear about the fact that he was going to do it. Yeah. Look at that braided um, suspender. That's not even like a that's like leather braided belt. I did notice like on this rewatch. I, I was wow. like, oh, look at Bob's suspenders. How did I not notice that before? The Bob. There's yeah. like some serious suspender game in this movie. Yeah. <laughs> we that... we barely talked about the Bobs, but it's yeah. Letterbox one liners is not the place. Well, yeah. I mean, upper management seems to get the suspenders. Lower management has to wear like the short sleeves, right? Like yeah. That's it's true. like the, yeah. the way that he tells them apart. Although the other Bob kind of just wears the suit. 
but the but the whole that it's the scene where i wouldn't say i was missing it right well what do you yeah. do yeah missing a lot of work i wasn't exactly missing it that's great. yeah i say that all the time yeah, <laughs> yeah. sorry I'm, I'm, I'm jumping in man he really wanted his stapler back I, I I have the stapler and uh, he 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 took the the, the boss said he was he's gonna give he was gonna give it back to me. <laughs> Which by the way, another scene that we did that we didn't touch on is uh, when he's there's the piece of cake and they're oh, passing yes. down the piece oh, of cake. Yeah. Is that cake? And oh my like, god, the office cake is such a thing too. That yeah, is like such yes. a thing. Which and it's the most depressing forced because uh, it's Lumberg's birthday out of all characters. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, but but that's another like really pathetic like of course he's the last one and doesn't get the cake again right. I'm, I'm still looking at a piece of cake last time i did not receive any cake yeah <laughs> bill lumberg greater than darth vader discuss <laughs> mm. I, I do i do like yeah i do i do it's like harsh you know it should be true i like i like the idea of darth vader be like that would be great. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty Luke, good. I'd watch that. I would watch Luke, that. I did, not, I, I did not get your TPS report. Uh, no, no. Uh, you, I, put the, you put the wrong cover memo on there. Uh, Have you killed me for the last time? I find your lack of cover sheet to be very disappointed. That was a good one. Good one, the scene where they smash the printer with a bat and then walk away as if they committed a cold-blooded murder was absolutely cathartic. The, the, the entire idea of putting like the Ghetto Boys, I mean, soundtrack on there, which I feel like that's the most uh, play they've ever gotten is off of Office oh, Space. 100%, yeah. But like, the, yeah. but every, every, time it's, every time it's like a moment of some kind of emotional catharsis, whether it's him finally standing up to his bosses with the, damn, it feels good to be a gangster, which is yeah. such a good scene. Or, you know, uh, back up in your ass with the resurrection and the printer scene. Like, uh, each time they're doing something that's like a level of emotional catharsis that isn't fucking badass at all, but like feels that way to them. It's number one. It's slow motion, and number two, they do the Ghetto Boys theme. Like the other one is uh, when they're when they're doing the actual financial transaction, and they're doing it in slow motion, and then they're like, "Well, that was really simple." Like, summation, <laughs> yeah. Ghetto Boys. Thank you. I've been working a nine to five job for fourteen days now, and my rating has already jumped an entire fucking star. I'm gonna cry. <laughs> <laughs> I've never seen that cover art. That's different. Yeah, they have the. Uh, you can like do a custom cover art. Oh, okay. Thing. Yeah, people explained it when he's on the show, it, but so the, funny. The um the the poster kind of sucks. Poster it does not tell you what this movie is yeah. going to be at all. The post-it notes, and it's and not a scene. Notes. It's not a scene from the movie. It's not either. even in no. the movie. It's about it like a, a post-it note movie. monster. Yeah, the attack of the post-it note monster <laughs> is coming. Like, right? That's totally like, think that like the... Jason. You know, <laughs> watch out! Office Space is going to come get you. They're back for vengeance. These yeah. post-it notes. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I guess it's TPS. It's t, uh, t post-it stamp. Uh... Oh, <laughs> there you go. Tiny post-it stamp. There we go. Exactly. You got there. We got there eventually. Seven <laughs> Eleven, right? You take a penny from the tray from the crippled children. <laughs> that's the jar. Oh, that's the jar. I'm talking about the tray. The pennies are for everybody. I, I like that. I knew, like in my head, I visualized like the tray, and then she's like, "You mean?" And then I was like, "No, that's the like in my head." I was like, "Yeah, that's the jar. Like that's the jar on the fucking counter when you go into the store. That's a different thing than the tray." But, but it's but it's such a great scene because it's like. 
he thinks that she's just gonna be like, oh, that's awesome. It's so cool that you did that. And like she has a very natural reaction to it. And they have to be like from the crippled children. But that's also anything. such a that's such a Jennifer Aniston like pre-friends kind of thing. Like, it's a very yeah. Rachel thing, like, oh, 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 okay. You mean from this? Oh, oh, okay. Well, I was just getting confused. Huh. I, I also I like when uh, they're having the fight about her fucking Lumberg and she's like, Mr. Wannabe criminal man, which yes. is a very Jennifer Aniston line. <laughs> right, right. <Yeah. laughs> it was meant to be. I mean, she's probably the only one with like multiples of millions of dollars, right? From this film. Oh, 100 percent. Yeah. Well, yeah. And, and they said that like she got Except the, majority Milton, of the she got the majority of the attention from like the yeah. <laughs> from the from the film coming out. Well, that would make sense. Yeah, she's, yeah. she's fantastic. Yeah, probably, it probably helped yeah. get at least a few more butts in the seats when it first came out. Yeah, right? yeah. yeah. Well, they were actually trying to get uh, Matt Damon to play the lead. Whoa! Uh, which <laughs> ruin a movie by changing one casting? Yeah. <laughs> peace and love. Peace and love. Coming up next week, Matt Damon. Thank you. <laughs> I mean, it, it could happen. You never know. The reboot. Yeah, exactly. The, the, Matt, the eventual well, remake. I can see Damon as Lundberg. Yeah. They did it now, and then Timothy Chalamet as uh, Peter. Uh, oh my God! Yes, there we go. Yeah. Okay, yeah. Didn't we do this one? Did we do this? this is another one that I just like repeat myself. Anyway, should just should just give him give the man back his stapler. Yes, <laughs> yeah. it, it would have been like uh, would have taken care of most of the end of the movie. Frankly, yeah. If, if you don't it. if you don't give me back my my stapler, I'm gonna I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna burn the building down. But it's so funny that people just don't even listen to them. They don't even hear that, you know? That's yeah. So funny looking at money laundering in the dictionary. It really is. <laughs> yes. But how did you figure out how to do that? Like, like, I didn't until, like, I watched, uh, oh, what was it? That That's uh, uh, Ghost. Or no, no. Power. Power. That was the name of the show. I feel like I, feel like I got a good idea of it from Saul Goodman and fucking Breaking Bad. Sure now like, I know, but yeah. I mean, but like I, I feel like I feel like as in in terms of media that gets you to understand like the intricacies right. of lo money yeah. laundering. I feel like no, back then I thought I'd have to put in like the washer dryer before <laughs> before Breaking Bad. Any money laundering in, in the zeitgeist was a, a niche thing, uh, to say the least. And, and now it's just pretty much everyone knows how to do that. It's like what really okay. But. wasn't there a version of it originally where the term comes or something where they actually had to like get the numbers or something off the actual dollar bills by putting them through a like a, a machine or something like that and that's where like the i don't know i don't know but we better look it up in the dictionary and find out <laughs> we'll put our best people on it corporate accounts payable nina speaking just a moment corporate accounts payable Nina speaking, just a moment, et cetera, et cetera. I'm not going to do it all five times. And then he, he's dreaming and he hears that in his head. Like, that's the first. That's like when your alarm is going off, but you think you're, you're vibing in your dream. And then you, you're like, whoa, wait, my alarms are going off for like five minutes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> if you don't like this movie, you probably just have a case of the Mondays. Amen. <laughs> Shit, Has anyone no. heard, have Fuck you ever no. heard that? <laughs> I've never heard of this I, I do believe you get your ass kicked saying something like that, man. Uh, those are the letterbox one-liners for Office Space. Please, please, please follow uh, Forrest Gump is his Michael Bolton. Uh, follow Young Lumberg over there, Movie Night Extra <laughs> representing the show. Uh, I am, in fact, having a case of the Mondays. I am Conan Neutron all over Letterbox at Conan Neutron. Uh, following the highbrow, the midbrow, the populist fair. Follow me along for the Criterion Challenge if you dare. If you dare. Uh, J. Andrew, Y2K Bug World, 
is really big into the plot point from Superman three and uh, he's watching all the weirdest stuff. So you don't have to, or maybe so you can either way. It's not for me to judge. He's doing it whether you're or so you can watch Superman three. <laughs> Apparently, that's 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 that's, that's apparently a thing. Uh, Christina is the office space meme template princess down there. She logged back on to log Barbie recently, so follow yeah. her and maybe she'll log another movie next year. Oh, and if you and I, and I did, I did Alfenheimer and and Red Eye. Oh, okay. I've so, I been yeah. I've been I've been recording. Sorry, Annie saw those. Uh, Randy, I think you're on Letterboxd, right? This isn't a peer pressure Letterboxd. thing. So no. no. Okay. Right. Should I be? No, you, I, I like it. Yeah. But, I mean, no. Margot Robbie approves of Letterboxd, so that's yeah. all yeah, you need to know. Me and, me and Margo. You need more? There it is. Okay. All right. <laughs> I'll check it out. Uh, yeah. So follow all of those various things. Uh, J. Andrew, Y2K Bug World, please, please take it away with the plugs, wouldn't you? All right. Right now you're watching us on YouTube. Please do those YouTube things. Like, comment, subscribe, hit that bell. The big ask, of course, is to watch the video to the very end. You get to hear that great Conan Neutron song, and that allows us to be discovered by other movie fans. So so please uh, do that if you can. If you're really over good on, on uh, Randy's subs. He has nice speakers in here because it's a studio. <laughs> <laughs> i was like oh you can really hear the bass response in this yeah. this is awesome yeah nice no i got i got uh my headphones really do have a god anyways never mind <laughs> there's um, not there's not going to be a moment for me to mention that that's why i interrupted you to say that. no but I, I should bring up twitch because uh we're also on twitch so please do the twitch things give us a sub if you happen to have an amazon prime account uh you can uh subscribe for free for you and that actually helps us out so so if you can please do that thank you um, find us on social media. You can find us on Facebook, uh, Twitter, or X, I guess now. Um, <laughs> whatever the hell it's called. Uh, hey, you go to twitter.com, you can still get the same thing. Yeah. Uh, and of course, Instagram and Blue Sky. <laughs> you, you can find us all there. So so please follow the show. Um, I got threads next. Yeah. yeah do we? Uh, do we? Yeah, I, I joined. Yeah. Threads you can literally and, like, post long videos on Threads without like any like limitations. I'm just yeah, saying. Cat turd follows me on Threads. You can block people, dude. You know that, right? Yeah, and they don't. The best part about Threads is you can block people, and they do not exist to you anymore. Like they literally get like, like, loosed like off the face of the planet. Yeah, I'm not even on the site, so so like like I have an account, but okay, I don't okay, use fine, it. Fine, whatever, fine. Whatever, whatever. Anyway. Move on. We have a right. Patreon. <laughs> Uh, there, there is no cat turn on Patreon, but you can get uh, the one. <laughs> How did? Why'd you tie it back? And whatever. I don't know. It just seemed. Anyway, so, but but the nice thing about Patreon is you can get access to our after parties, which uh, we had a great one recently, didn't we? It was the, uh, the KT with the uh, the strike. yeah with the tag. Uh, yeah, and we might we might be adding Grand more Rex, content right. eventually. Come Oscar season, your girl's going to try our best to interview some potential nominees. There's yeah, we've talk, talked about it more and more, and maybe it'll happen someday. Yeah, <laughs> I, I gotta subscribe to INDB Pro. But yeah, uh, so 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 subscribe to Patreon. So subscribe Christina to Patreon to, so, so Christina can afford to join so, IMDb Pro. So she can make more content. Get those, got the publicist names and agents. I got. I, that's how you do it. Yeah. yeah, I'm gonna need you to go ahead and uh, subscribe to. <laughs> that would that that would be great. That'd be great. Okay, great. Hey, Christina, what what's happening? <laughs> Christina, what's happening? I'm gonna need you to I'm gonna need you to go ahead and yeah. subscribe to IMDB Pro. So 
Uh, if you can just uh, do that, that 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 would be great. <laughs> you know what else would be great is uh, to know who was on Protonic Reversal this week because I did not write it down and I forgot. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it was the Mighty Man of Maple Stave last week, uh, whose new album is actually out today. Uh, and oh, nice. it's great. And then the wonderful Chris Williams from Maple Stave is coming on this show to talk about kicking, uh, kicking, screaming, right? The, uh, the Noah Baumbach movie. Is that next week? That uh, is next week. Uh, anything in front of me. Uh, I tell you, he's on Protonic this week. This guy. Hey, oh, it's Randy oh, Randall. Hey. Oh, yeah. Rowdy, Randy Randall. <laughs> hey, hey, thank you, thank you, thank you. Rainbow, uh, Rainbow, Randy Randall. That's it. First go. blood. Uh, and he. First blood. Yeah, yeah. So that's 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 this week. We can wait to. I I guess you're gonna. He's gonna talk about your plugs. Oh yes, yeah. Well too, cool. So I got plugs. We can talk about that when sure. you do it. Yeah, so helping. But 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 I do <laughs> I do want to talk to Christina as well about her plugs because uh, she's on Twitch. Wait, wait a second. Did you, are we done with mine? Did we, did we talk about wait, like, wait, dude, you did not yours. I got confused. <laughs> yes. <laughs> no, because yeah. Wait. Uh, yeah, you don't have any uh shows, right? Because you finished up your no, I'm literally re- I like, finished recording a record like a couple hours ago, uh, yeah. But but we have shows that we are going to be announcing, we have a tour we're going to announce on Monday, a, okay. a West Coast tour. And we and there is going to be other stuff happening, uh, there's a release being announced as well. And Bandcamp Friday is this Friday, all right. Yes, so so, so you go to the name of the band is Kona Neutron, the Stupid Friends, yep, neutronfriends.bandcamp.com, and yep. uh, it's a good time to buy stuff from me always. yeah always so you can get the whole discography uh for so you just wanted to get to christina so quick it's yeah, good whatever. it's good yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> band camp don't forget the band camp yeah it i it's not every every first friday anymore but like no. it is this friday so yes know. and you also have a patreon for um uh for, for platonic reversal that's right one dollar a uh, month advanced access correct so yeah if you want to get uh, more randy early um oh yeah exactly everybody wants more randy early <laughs> yeah. Are you Brandy, baby? <laughs> He's never heard that before. So. Oh, oh, my God. You you have uh, you have Twitch and you're doing yes. Twitch stuff. Yeah, uh, doing Twitch stuff. Wow. Yeah. Okay. I reacted to I reviewed Ben Shapiro's review of Barbie recently. Now I'm going to go over his debate with with Femme Shapiro, Brett Cooper, tomorrow. So that's going to be great. Oh, that it's, sounds like a ring of hell. Yeah, that's he literally. Like a, she stole she, this bitch. Let me tell you about this bitch. She stole my background. It's not even a real room. It's a fucking room built on the Daily Wire studio. And now she's trying to steal Hassan Piker's look with the hoodie and all that. And, mm, 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 this bitch is going down. So tune in for that. Whatever that is. <laughs> that was a lot. She literally, guys, she looks exactly like Ben Shapiro. Yeah, I know. I've seen her, but I don't know. And, and her bedroom looks like mine. Okay. And she's got two cameras. What if, what if, what if you're Ben Shapiro? I know, right? This whole time. My eyebrows are better than his. But, like, it's so, it's just. It's worry, just they, they always take this long, by this the way. This is good. No, yeah, no, 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 no. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's normal. I'm here. I'm here this, this is the uh, scene in traffic of, uh, <laughs> of, <laughs> of podcast bits. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways. Yeah. <laughs> So 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 Randy, uh you have any shows oh, yeah. coming up for No Age? 
Hey, Andrew. Uh, n- nothing. Nothing for No Age at the moment. We are. Uh, we, we are in between records. So um, yeah, no, no live shows. But I do have a uh, a, a new podcast coming out. Yep. I was just oh, you don't say. About that. Yeah, yeah. 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 It's called Hyphenate with Randy Randall, and I speak to people such as uh, your very own Conan Neutron, who are really good at more than one thing. So right. he he plays in a band and also is a podcaster, which qualifies him as a hyphenate in my book. So I interviewed him, and it, that will be coming out in a, in a few weeks. And you can go to um, any of your your podcast apps, your applications where you find podcasts, and write the words "hyphenate" with Randy Randall, and you'll find uh, my show. You should like, subscribe, uh, tweet. Yeah. What do you do? Well, I don't know what else you do. This is my first time. This is my first yeah. plug. The I first show. You need to get used to this. The field, first, dude. Yeah, yeah, the first plug. Yeah, the first show comes out this Thursday. So this is my first time plugging a, a show. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, and there's there any social media for people to, to log on to? You can find me on Instagram. To at, log on to? How uh, old are you? Lob. Like, lob. lob, lob. Oh, I'm okay. going to lob, yeah. So if you go to uh, at Randy S. Randall on uh, Instagram, and uh, you can find me there. I'm not on X or... Uh, <laughs> Or, or, I'm not on um, X, he yeah, says. You know what? I know the, what that means. Thing, but right? yeah, I'm not yeah. on X. I'm not on X. Yeah, yeah it means, it means something different. Instagram. It means something different in my head too. I'm <laughs> sober today. I'm not on X. I'm not on X. Look, this usually, usually when you see me, I'm X. raving. I'm having <laughs> fun. I'm dancing. I'm on X. Today, I'm not on X. Have you seen me dance at all? Well, now, now my hands are doing it. Yeah, but you got a bunch of you got Toshi's. Yeah, on, I got Toshi Kasai. He's gonna be on there. My first guest is gonna be Oliver Ackerman from A Place yeah. to Raise Strangers. Also gonna interview Ray Barbie, who's an incredible um, professional skateboarder as well as a guitarist and photographer. Uh, who else? I talked to Chidi Kumar, um, who's an incredible chef as well as a guitar player. A lot of guitar players and skateboarders. Yeah. That's kind of my background where I come from. So I, I focus on the people I could I could call first, <laughs> and then and then we're slowly widening the uh, the, the the scope of uh guests the dragnet of guests yes you could have uh, you could have uh samir from this movie on because he was oh, yeah. good at both coding and breakdancing in that one scene i love it He'd yeah be perfect. breakdancing skills were right yeah so, and i'm episode three three yeah correctly yes so. conan will be on in just in just a few weeks so please go to uh, I remember anything about what we talked about but i remember it being pretty good yeah go to go to <laughs> media.com backslash hyphen it uh, to uh sign up for a newsletter we're giving away a death by audio pedal on for our first uh, episode so if you go to ruinousmedia.com backslash hyphenate that's with a ph not an f and uh you can sign up uh, to win a death by audio pedal that uh, oliver ackerman uh donated for the show to give away so i'm really excited I hope everybody comes and listens it. Listens it. You should listen to it. Listens it show. <laughs> I make. Fine. It's fine. You haven't actually show. launched yet. You got a couple great. days yeah. of working. I'm gonna, I'm gonna figure out my mouth works and yeah. Uh, and yeah. If you if you listen to the show, go ahead and send me a note and say you found me on the movie night uh, extravaganza. Yeah. So so go to your podcasting you app. Code. And, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Wherever you get your podcast, just go there and review. Give five promo stars. Code not on X. Okay. Yes. I need, I need all yeah, promo code. Use promo code Mouthworks and uh... Mouthworks. <laughs> oh my god. But yeah. yeah. That, that's that's the site that Oface guy founded. By the way, is Mouthworks. <laughs> exactly what you think it is. Oh my god. That's Thank what uh, that's what Elon's eventually going to turn X into. He's going to be like, this is this is this is my. New I'm not Mouthworks. giving him my. ID, like fuck that shit. Yeah, wait Facebook, until he launches the prequel. I'm also girl. not selling Thank him you. any X. Facebook uh, <laughs> recently asked for my ID, and I found that I still have my Blockbuster card and sent it to them. And Did they it took work? it. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Your Blockbuster card, amazing. <laughs> oh my god. 
Yeah, but everybody come come listen to my show. Yeah, it's please, really good. Yeah, if you no, like that's what you got to do. If you Take like this back. show, if you like this show, <laughs> come listen to Hyphenate with Randy Randall. Yeah. Ruinousmedia.com backslash hyphenate. I can so guarantee much. you at least one episode is good. And that's mine. Yes. <laughs> yeah. That's good. <laughs> but, but, uh, also but listen to Protonic uh, on Thursday. We're going to talk all about it. We're going to talk about No Age. We're going to talk about all this music as well. Oh, yeah. But uh, Randy, do you have any final thoughts on this movie? Oh my God! How did? Or how do you have a case of the Mondays that you wanted to? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So uh, yeah. No, this this is probably one of one of the most important films in in, in my cinematic uh, um, fandom. You know, I think this was when when asked to you know to come up with a film to talk about. I was you know we were looking at lists of things and Office Space is right there at the top. And uh, if if you've not seen it and you've listened all this way through, you know you definitely should go back and watch it. But yeah, thank you, thank you everybody here for um, for having me on. It's really been a pleasure and a lot of fun. I, this reminds me of the the video store days, just a bunch of nerds sitting around talking shit about movies. Yeah, basically, I love it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that is exactly what it is. Yeah. Um, yeah, Conan, you got any final thoughts? Modern classic. I uh, love this film. I've seen it countless times, endlessly quotable. Uh, I think it is perfectly emblematic of a time and probably, possibly uh, the thing I love most that Mike Judge has done. And I like uh, almost everything that guy, that guy has done. So uh, very happy that we finally covered. I feel like there's a massive amount of comedies that we haven't covered. Uh, and this is a writing a wrong uh, because this this is very much a there's a lot to it, even though it's a comedy first and everything else second. And uh, good good discussion. Yeah, um, Christina. A very very excellent comedy and very much worthy of being memed to death. <laughs> <laughs> by by like boomers and Gen X people that are just at work. Like we mu- we must seize control of the memes of production. There we go. <laughs> That would be great. That'd be great. Um, <laughs> Andy? The, the one thing I've always kind of wondered is how this movie would look like if it did actually come out today. Like, like because at the time, we didn't really understand. Uh, like, like, we didn't have the books like um, uh, uh, Capitalist Realism or, or uh, Bullshit Jobs. Uh, and we didn't necessarily have some of the language that we have today around uh, some of the ideas that were in this movie. And I would just always kind of wonder, like, how could it, could this movie have been expressed uh, in uh, modern terms as opposed to uh, uh, what it was? But I do also just appreciate, you know, that it's Texas uh, where they film it at. And um, it's always just uh, sometimes I get homesick and, you know, it's just nice to be able to put on something and be like, I, 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 I yeah, I was a little north of there. I was in Cleburne, but, you know. The, the trees are the right height. I'm sure you could do a modern, you could do a modern version of this just on a Zoom, like one of those Zoom screen captures. <laughs> you know, right, you yeah, could shoot yeah. the whole the, thing. The modern like, version of it would be called like Work from Home or something. And well, I think yeah. it's like that's kind of the that Apple TV show Mythic Quest that has the guy from um, South Center in Philadelphia and um, all that. And I feel like they, they, they do certain aspects of it pretty well, and that, that includes the technology. But that's whatever. That that's a potential after party discussion. So yeah, I don't know. Are we do an after party. Are we? What, what if it's I, don't know, I don't know. Whatever you guys I mean, I don't know. I'm kind of shocked. If you if you guys want to, but, I mean, uh, I've I've started recording at like 9 a.m. this morning. Yes, I'm 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 I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm fine with skipping. That's fine. All right, we should, we should probably do one next week though. It's like the yeah yeah that's that's fine. I'm just exhausted. I'm, yeah, I've been singing right. my little heart out. Though. Um, so next week we're doing uh Noah Bombax uh kicking and screaming, right? That's sorry, uh, Chris Williams and Maple Stave, yeah, 
or and, uh, plastic flame press should be good. I haven't seen enough of his of like the Noah Baumbach movies. Like I definitely haven't delved into. I, I, I like know, all the ones I've seen, but I've not seen all of them for sure. He and he and uh, well, he and Greta Gerwig both kind of come out of that like mumblecore time period, right? They did Barbie like, together, so yeah, yeah. He he goes he goes earlier than that. I mean, I think the the classic one yeah, is the squid and the whale. whale. Yeah, like, that's yeah. the first one I saw of him. But, and I loved it, and I never sought out anything else he did for oh. like years. <laughs> yeah, and, like I finally started watching the rest of them. He also did a, a like the um, Chipmunks movie, or he wrote he, he really? wrote this guy kids movie. I don't know if uh-huh. you're in front of it right now. He wrote it's it's insane. This he did this like kids felt like the scripting on it. And you're just like wow, that can't be good at all. Oh no, it was like <laughs> Back to the Jungle is because it had Ben Stiller in it when he's doing Greenberg. It was one of the um, uh, Madagascar movies, I think. Oh okay. yeah. <laughs> Hopefully, he got so, paid really well for that. Yeah, yeah. I was just thinking about like the fact that early 2000s like culture, I feel like kind of kind of sucked in a lot of ways. And there was just an influx of like all of these, not all of it, but I'm saying like there was such an influx of like these like animated kids movies that use like yeah. like deeply talented people to do them. Well, but like that was the DreamWorks. It was yeah. that, uh, what's DreamWorks his name? brand proposition. That yeah. was his. He left Disney just so he could hire stars, like for exorbitant rates to do to do voices on shitty kids movies. Which is now the rule, not the exception. As opposed to someone just being like an excellent voice actor. Or actress. Oh my god! Yeah, yeah, well, that's no. crazy. I didn't know he was with Jennifer Jason Lee before. Was I was with... just saying that. I was. I was about to say that too. Yeah, they had a kid, but now he's with his partner in life, Greta. <laughs> All right, well, that's going to be next week. Next week. Yeah, have fun on that uh, one. You know, I'm just going to tell you that that's going to be great.